0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3366, for Monday the 28th of June 2021. Today's show is entitled, H.P.R. 2020, 2021 New Year's Eve, show episode 7. It is hosted by Hunky Magoo and is about 163 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, the H.P.R. community stops by for a chat.
1: Games, uh, some games, but I I was and before I start, member I was not. I had no English um, pronunciation right. I can I read get... English, but I'm not able to speak English.
2: Yeah, I I I get the idea because there's something that happens in your brain, isn't there? You can know things, you can read, and and even. It's different from being immersed with people and copying them, which I think is the natural way to learn.
1: Yeah, because I I being here in Norway, and I accidentally talk English to someone, and they kind of excuse me, I'm from Norway too, <laughs> because I was talking to someone that was from not Norway, that was visiting, and they were talking to them English and I talked to them English. I didn't think because I don't know how people in Norway are supposed to talk English because I no- never talk to anyone in English. I used to gloriously, I, grow g- I c- cannot understand why I'm from Norway. <laughs>
2: I get it. There's a, a YouTube channel called Lang Focus, and he is very good. So I've uh, listened to different you know, him talking about Scandinavian languages and who understands uh, which region in Sweden or wherever, and how, where the borders cross. Because the maps are just written down by people, aren't they? They don't ask the, the people who live there
1: very often. Um. The uh, maps is kind of. Uh made before the languages because the Norwegian is uh, a mix between the uh, four languages or at least three languages
2: yeah I was and on this same channel I was listening he was talking about uh Frisian so old Frisian before English language there's uh, and he was he is a sort of the people who were here before, whoever, you know, the Anglo-Saxons changed the language a lot in this region. And just, he was talking the Frisian grammar, and it's strange how the brain recognises what's being said almost, even though the words are uh, are not familiar. You know, it's an interesting thing that happens in the brain. But the Russian grammar, for example, is so, so different. There's Slavic, you know, there's so many more cases. Um although those cases did exist in older English, um, it, it's the meaning being transferred is the important thing, is it? So, anyway, I trailed
1: off there. Yeah, so you you starting the ruffling, as he called it.
2: Uh, yeah, not having a fixed thing to say when one starts, but continuing to talk. <laughs> yeah. I am interested in language in general, so I, yeah. my excitement um, in the subject carries me into uh, such behavior.
1: Yeah, that is... Uh, I, I like to uh, uh, ha- um, hear to people that uh, talk about what they like, even if it's extreme. More extreme, more happy I am. <laughs> so I probably flame up that kind of... Uh, Nonsense talking.
2: Well, in a reaction to um, trying to reduce waffling, I will now go and sort objects in the in the real world of, of three and four dimensions, and the fifth and it's cold as well, so that's five.
1: <laughs> so Tony, so you can hear us then?
3: I can hear you now. I had problems with my computer audio. I had to do a reboot. <laughs> For some, re- some reason, um, Alsa and uh, Pulse Audio lost my uh, sound card.
1: So you've been in Mumble before then? Pardon? You have been in Mumble before today.
3: Uh, have I been in HP- in the HPR New Year before? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's not your first time on Mumble mm.
3: <laughs> No, I've got quite a number of HPR shows under my belt.
1: Because kind of... Uh, it's The first time people join, it. people have already had time joining for the first time on mobile.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I, I used
1: I, like four times before I was able to talk to someone on mobile.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And my English was so horrible; no one understood me. It take me like uh, half year to, before people start to understand me. <laughs>
3: Your English is better than whatever other language you speak, because uh, I don't speak anything other than English.
1: Yeah. But uh, my English. uh, Guess where I'm from? Uh,
3: It sounds like the continent. Am I correct with that? European? Yeah. Uh, Germany or Austria?
1: Oh, someone, you didn't say France. So many people say France. But you did not hear me in a long time. Pardon? You have not heard me talk very long, so. No. Sometimes 99% guess France, or, or people I ask before I'm telling them.
4: Right. But uh, after I'm
1: told them, I need to then come to them for getting it before I ask them again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so where are you from? Norway. Norway? Ah, right. I was in your fair country a couple of years ago.
1: I'm wondering if I talked to you before. Mm.
3: Um, I don't know. I talked yeah, to
1: someone named Tony, but I does not remember Tony Hay before. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm one. Of, uh, do you listen to Minkcast?
1: Mm, no, I don't listen to it, but I have been uh, randomly joining it for some times.
3: Yeah, I'm on Mink. I'm one of the Minkcast
1: hosts. Oh, it's kind of funny. So many random Minkcast hosts have joined over the past hours.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um I don't I don't know who's been around. because uh, uh, I, I was in for a couple of hours last night but no one else was around.
1: Yeah, I think four different people has a note, I am a host on the Mintcast.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well there's quite a lot of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: <But laughs> I don't know easily, this. So for all I know all about all about fakes. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, Joe, who's on Casts also does um, the, Linux, uh, the uh, Linux Lubcast as well.
1: Yeah, so Joe is a, a true candidate at SURE. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: He has been not talking, I think, in the last eight hours or, so, or six hours or so.
3: Oh, Joe, Joe's usually around because he, he doesn't sleep much either. <laughs>
1: yeah. He has not been talking, maybe listening, but not talking. Yeah. So you have a second mumble room, <laughs> Pardon? You have a second mumble room. You join.
3: I the second
1: mumble channel.
3: Uh, yes, I've got two. Uh, I've got the uh, I've got mumble um, set up twice. I've got the uh, flat pack, and I've also got the uh, one that's in the repos. But um, I'm I'm on the flat pack now, the newer one, mumble one f- point three point. Oh, uh,
1: it with version. You tried that first, and then you did the other and tried the new one.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it might have been a problem with Mumble, so I went into the old one to see whether it was a problem with that. It wasn't. So I plugged in me uh, one of my USB sound cards, and that worked. So I knew I, knew I could get, uh, sort of, but then um, it wouldn't pick up my uh, microphone for some reason, so I... Uh, I rebooted the computer and the uh, sound card on the computer came back, so I'm back on that.
1: Mm. So, I was wondering uh, so, because sometimes uh, I was kind of invited to join you guys on a uh, Nincast kind of thing. It's, uh, uh, some uh, years ago probably then.
3: Oh, <laughs> right. Uh, May and, have even been before we took over.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the I forgot about it. Uh, then I was looking for you guys in the times so that you uh, said you was going to be on. But then you was gone. <laughs> yeah. And I just to told you recently today you have moved to a new place.
3: <laughs> oh, do you mean uh, M- the Mumble?
1: Yeah. Yeah, to we've a got Mumble our own... Place.
3: We use the HPR Mumble server as a backup, but we have got our own Mumble server now that... To young Josh, that used to be one of the hosts, set up a while back. But so we used, are you allowing uh, so we use that you, most of the time.
1: People joining there, or are you kind of restricting it? Sorry, Do, I, didn't,
3: I didn't quite so, get that.
1: So, are you allowing people to join that place, or are you restricting who is allowed to join?
3: Oh uh, no, we only we only use that for the uh, people that are actually going to be live on the show. We don't. We don't. Uh, we've we've got a YouTube uh, feed for people who want to listen to the show live when it goes out. So if you go on YouTube and search for Mintcast it, uh, and subscribe to it, it'll tell you when the live show's going out.
5: Mm,
2: yeah. I think it's trying to say they use the Mumble server to make the program, so to interview people.
3: Yeah, that's right. Mm, yeah because yeah I- we we record we record uh, because um obviously we're all in uh, different parts of the world well mostly in america but i'm in the uk we use mumble so that we can talk to each other uh, and if anyone joins as a guest they they join in mumble and we and we all record locally on audacity and then mix that down to form the show but during the show leo's got it set up so that we we stream on youtube and people can join you know, listen to the show as it oh, goes out. So you
1: don't use Mumble anymore to do the live buttons? We don't use we don't
3: we don't use Mumble to to um well, Mumble is used to to stream, but it gets streamed through YouTube. It's, so it's, not
1: in the way you were using Mumble before then? Uh
3: well we used to use Mumble to stream even before, but it was on a different streaming service. We um Kevin 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 Wisher that um, is part of the HPR team. He used to have a, a Pi um streaming box set up that we used to use. So we'd push the Mumble stream through that and uh, that would go out as a live stream. But now we 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 push the Mumble um through into uh, I think um Leo uses OBS He's got a separate box set up, and he pushes the mumble stream through OBS and into a YouTube live stream.
1: Yeah, but because f- before, um, kind of, I come to Mincast, and I uh, wanted to talk after the shows. You probably doesn't remember me, I do not no. remember who I was end talking to. So uh, it's uh, some years ago.
3: Ah, right, okay.
1: Be- before uh, COVID was a thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Before COVID was a thing, yeah. <laughs> I think we'd all, all wish COVID was a, a distant memory.
1: <laughs> After COVID, I look around for a, diff- a different place to meet people and talk to. <laughs> and mumble mm. has gone down the drain, kind of. this was up and up uh, on this place. Not sure if you noticed it. No. Because it was like 20 or uh, 50 people inside this place around the lockdown period, beginning of the lockdown. And oh, then right. it was going downhill slowly in the summer when it was unlocking of the different places and not returning. So looking for different places to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear about Mint uh, That's uh, welcome to people. Ah!
3: Yeah, we, we, to people, when we say we
1: welcome people people, if you, if you want to
3: join us and come and talk about something on one of the shows, that's what we mean, uh, and we can only have one, one possibly two guests for each episode, because it gets too complicated otherwise, with all the audio editing.
5: Yeah, fun!
3: Because we've, <laughs> we've already got six, six hosts, as it is, so if yeah. we had two guests... <laughs> That's up to eight eight tracks to to edit together to get the audio going.
1: Oh, gosh. So we do,
3: we do invite people to... if, if they want to come on. Mm.
1: Um, so how do you uh, nag you outside the first day of the uh, year? <laughs> what do you prefer The to contact you about being invited on the show then?
3: Yeah, if, if you contact us through discord or telegram um and yeah say I, I joined the
1: telegram today yeah if you on the sure telegram group
3: use. or the discord group uh, or you can email us directly uh, on the Mintcast, um
1: maybe yeah if you have been on telegram today maybe you see how I'm doing you guys
3: <laughs> I have a, I haven't gone into telegram for ages I need to, <laughs> I, need to I need to go and uh, have a look at telegram.
1: Because I joined today and I kind of try to find out if it was some kind of invite-only member room, but member oh room God. that I feel <laughs> it's not meant to be open for people to, to, to join.
3: <laughs> I've just opened up Telegram and I've got uh, millions and millions of uh, messages.
2: <laughs> I've got a you... question. question for uh, Tony. Yeah. About Mintcast, so I listen to podcasts, so I wonder what do you talk about on Mintcast, like what level of um, Linux, kernel, user land, what kind of, I know I should just go and have a listen, but... Before...
3: Well, we're actually quite eclectic, we we tend to um, swap around between doing beginner stuff uh, and for average users and uh, more complicated stuff. Uh, I'm I'm an average. I I class myself just as a, a user. I'm not I'm not a technology uh, buff. Uh, it was never my profession. It's always it's always been my hobby. Um, and so I'm not I'm not into some of the technical stuff. So when they start talking about the the really geeky stuff, then I, it starts going over my head. So we we tend to try and have a balance of uh, stuff that the new you know someone new or fairly new to linux can understand um,
2: new we, new applications like novel are always well often useful anyway aren't they you just need yeah. sometimes the name and you get this whole new feature set so uh, i think yeah, i
3: might you, get we we do we do talk about things that come out particularly uh, if mint releases a new uh, new release and these new uh, stuff in mint we'll talk about that um when when we did the last show, there was, uh, the beta twenty point one beta was out, and uh, Leo was going through some of the extras that were in that.
2: Without going too deep into it, so I, I'm thinking of dumping Ubuntu. I've had it for a while. I'm running it on this old server. Well, are, old-ish. You, so-
3: are you using the main main edition or are you using one yeah. of the spins? I,
2: I've used a lot. Like I'll, I'll probably do an introduction uh, episode for HPR. Um, I did qualify as SysAdmin for Solaris of t- like 10 years ago. And um, before that, I d- had other interest in computing since like 1981, ZX81. But um, what's my point? So I've used different distributions and I'm I'm getting a bit annoyed with the system D just because it, it, it interrupts me and it doesn't <laughs> shut down when I tell it to. That kind of stuff is not acceptable. Um, I mean, I know it's got reasons. Um, so briefly... Uh, what what's Mint following? Like I, I know it's simple stuff, but if you don't mind telling me,
3: in your sense of what do you mean? What Mintcast follows or what Mint? Uh, is it,
2: it, doing? We're talking is yeah Mint. What's under underneath Mint? Is it use System D and?
3: Uh, yeah, uses System because you can get you can get snaps working. Although uh, uh, in the latest release, uh, they've um, Clem decided he didn't like Snap, so he. He, he's put a script in a, a file to block it out the box. You've got to go and delete that to get snaps working. But yeah, system D's there. Um, but it's um, by default, it's a flat pack system. Um,
2: I have got Mint on one on another system. I did use it for a while, um, but like I say, I'm I get into uh, I'll break a lot of things and I'll move my data and stick it in a. Raid somewhere so that I can go back to it. But I've got littered around the place, you know, several distributions that I I really need to uh, blow away.
3: Mm. You you probably
2: I listen to the cast. It's it's good. I've got time to listen at work when I'm sweeping, so I'll catch a few.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I was going to say for me, mint is one of those districts, which is why I was a little bit disappointed when Clem decided to block Snap. Um, because I think Mint is one of those ideal distributions for a new new person to Linux, whereas everything works out of the box. But now, if you if you want to get snaps working, although it's not hard, if you're not a technical user and comfortable with um, either going into the uh, terminal and uh, doing a bit of tweaks in the terminal, even though these script, you know, these things on the internet, Leo. Did a little tutorial about how to get rid of the uh, uh, config file that blocks snaps. You know, if you're not comfortable with all that, it's just made it that little bit less user friendly for a new user.
2: Right, Pete, it's quick. One, people are quick to forget. Um, I remember struggling around with uh, in between those directories, thinking, "What is the point of this?" Because I'd learned programming like BBC Basic back in the day, and I just couldn't get like what what. Uh, that the, there was, and my problem was that it, it wasn't as complicated. It wasn't complicated; it was dead simple. But my point, just at this right now, is that yeah, it's easy to forget, and we need people like you to to um, keep things simple for newcomers because yeah. uh, you know I need that help at, at every level. I remember.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm compared with uh, Linux is over twenty. 20- years old now uh is it 20 yeah 20 it's about 25 years isn't it uh 92 no it's more isn't it it's twenty twenty-eight 28 years old um when the kernel was written but uh I didn't get into it until Ubuntu came along so uh it was Ubuntu that got me into Linux because it was an easy, you know, it was an easy install. And even then, there was still stuff that you had to tweak around, particularly if you were putting it on laptops with Wi Fi cards and things like that. You know, I, I remember. If you
1: needed drivers to anything.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you, if you had a Wi Fi card that uh, didn't work out of the box, you had to do all sorts of things with then diswrapper wrapper and all this kind of stuff. And it was. Uh, It It definitely
2: puts you off. I remember one New Year's Day, I did the whole Gentoo thing, the whole Gentoo thing, compiled (laughs) it all. It it was working nicely. No, it was a no, it was very straightforward and and custom to all of that because I'd done the Solaris thing. So it was easy, but then it would, it would intermittently connect to the network. And because I wanted to do some browsing at that point, I just switched the thing off and it sat there. i had done all that work and I never used it as a bot. It's very (laughs) nice. But um, just like, I wanted, it wouldn't give me, it was a simple network thing, but you just have to learn that stuff. And if you're not into learning it, if that's not what you're there for, then in my case, I won't do it. Mm. Yeah, I
3: I got into Linux originally because um, I, moved, I moved back up from London to the file coast and I had an old computer knocking about and I th- um, I had a bit of spare time on my hands because I I decided to uh, go back to university and I had a summer off and I thought, I'm going to get this box working over the summer while I've got a bit of free time. And uh, it was an old Pentium 2 machine and uh, I wanted to get it working. And then I decided I was going to give it away on FreeCycle. And of course, FreeCycle require uh, their rules are that anything you give away has to be perfectly legal. And, I couldn't stick Windows on it because there was no Windows license with it. So I thought, I know a bit about this Linux stuff. I've got a, a disk floating around, so I stuck it on uh, and got it working, got everything working on it. And that's what that's what got me into Linux, was fiddling around with computers to give away on FreeCycle. That's yeah, a short it's story. A, it's <laughs>
1: worth not to sell it, but to give it away.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you need to learn Linux to give it away. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But but yeah, but, um, because admirable because because you couldn't you couldn't give anything away that was moody or you know using dodgy software. I couldn't stick a dodgy version of uh, Windows on this on this tower because uh, that would have made it illegal. Um, and also so,
2: propagate the Windows virus.
3: Yes, yeah. Well, at the time, I, 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 I was a Windows user. I was using XP at the time, back in 2006. No, I was an uh, I was an XP user. And I I wasn't a power user, but I, um, I was a little bit above average. I could install it myself. So you
1: were anyway. a parent user, not a power user. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's how I got into using Linux. And the more and more I was installing it on these computers as I was giving away on FreeCycle, the more I, I, I thought, actually, this is a good system. So I installed a dual boot on my own tower. Uh, and that's how I got using it.
2: I did Tiny Core once on it. Might have been a, a very early Pentium. I think it had like it only had forty-eight meg of uh, memory or something. It might have been lower. Might have been sixteen. It's just right. a really well, old. Tiny Pinky. Core
3: would fly on that anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it's impressive. I love that stuff.
3: Yeah. Um, there was there was a couple of different versions of Tiny Core. Um, yeah, you them was have one very, of the very, small very versions. <laughs>
1: Pardon? You have the terminal version that is so kind of... About 12 megabytes, I think it was.
3: Yeah, I think the one that gave you a DE uh, came in at about 30.
2: Yeah, I think it's 45 or last time I I used
3: Yeah, I've not used Tiny Core for ages. Anyone use Puppy? I've
1: tried it. i tried it. I never used it for uh, more longer and kind of, oh gosh, this looks so rotated.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I tried it in the early days, and because I wasn't very confident with Linux, I probably uh, dismissed it too quickly. But I should I should go back and have another look at it. Yeah, Particularly um, the ones I that did based miss
1: Ubuntu. it too. I did miss it because it was too kind of uh, noisy. I didn't understand I can just delete all with, uh, images on the desktop. I just need to keep them. <laughs> because I was still new to Linux. I was not sure how... Uh, it was okay to delete stuff. Yeah. I think no, the thing I know enough popping. to use to delete all the files that have, uh, and can probably not, uh, delete 99% of the system, no, no. 99% of the X things and still have a note to get it working again. Right. Um, Something kind of I don't know anything it, it, about is Pulse Audio. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Some people talk about poltergeist oh, I know and does nothing about it. Right.
2: Uh, I think I also just hack at it until it's done, and then forget about it. Because next time I do it, it'll probably be different. Might be a different distribution. You know, I'm sure. It, it, that's why HPI. That's why a good a good tutorial is <laughs> uh, always good to have around.
3: Yeah, that I think. Since I started using Linux, I think uh, the fact that there's so many people put some really fantastic stuff up, up on YouTube um, that it's it's fairly easy to find answers to things, or you know, find tutorial videos in how to get started with a particular distro or doing something nowadays.
2: Right, the stuff I, I do remember is like SSH because often you want to SSH into that box to get it it started. If you, especially if you're re. Building, if you're hacking something back together, right. Pulse audio, though, kind of a uh, seems like luxurious, but in your day to day, you want that. And it, it, when you, you know, getting settled in, you have got a bit more of a stable system, then, um, then it's really nice.
3: Brilliant. So, whereabouts are you based?
2: I'm in the Midlands.
3: Oh, right. Okay.
2: Birmingham area.
3: Oh, brilliant. So you're another. You're another uh, for. For, uh, yeah, le- since a couple four. of days. Yeah, we went into level four on uh, New Year's Eve.
2: I find it a little bit because, like, not being able to go into my brother's garden, I should want to go over to his house and go and fix his shower. That would be allowed, you know? And I've not <laughs> been stopped by the
1: police yet. So one uh, of the are you from the UK? probably asked many, too many times. Yeah,
2: we're no, yes, you. I am. Yeah. And Tony,
1: where are you?
3: I'm in Blackpool. Sunny Blackpool.
2: I got family around there, Chester, St
1: Helens.
3: Oh right, okay. Yeah, well I grew up in South Manchester, in a village called Cheeble, just south of Manchester.
1: So you got you don't have the same um um or language, the same uh, uh dialect.
3: Uh no dialects uh in in the UK can be quite subtle. Um so it just depends where you, where you live. Yeah,
1: because I hear you uh, from UK, but uh, when one Spoons, I cannot tell him from whatever he's from. <laughs> That's why I end up asking me probably more than once. My accent is uh, not even my local
2: accent. You know, I think because I've paid attention to my voice. And also been learning language, but it was already strange. I've been told I sound like a twelve-year-old. You know, I'm I'm 48 years old.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is a bit of um, Midlands in there, though.
1: Yeah, when I'm being English, sure. probably can hear it uh, still alone. But I'm trying to find out about if it's English as a language. Because I have sometimes talked to some from, from Australia, and I cannot hear them from Australia. No, can kind of one twenty uh, dialect I know is from Australia. From where, sorry? Uh, the, the like kangaroos live. In Norway. No, uh, Australia. Australia.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Then kangaroos, you know the punching thing. Kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, th- pronunciation makes all the difference, especially in Ch- <laughs> Chinese.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I learn my English. Learn say the word and try to describe it. One or other going to work before later. And more you talk to one person, you better that one, one person uh, learn how you talk. <laughs>
2: Yes, I think if you listen to different accents often, or if you have concentrated on learning another language, you have become much better at recognising the the relatives, like the relative um, differences in one voice.
1: Yeah, because the longer I talk to someone, the better they understand me somehow. But not always are i getting better in language because... I see. In the end, it's a paragon or par uh Patrick, Patrick, um, I, I get worse and worse uh, in over pronouncing, but he can kind of still understand me. And in the end, I start to losing what I'm saying myself, but he still. Still kind of follow what they were, what, wanted to go with my sentences.
2: Code-shifting, the linguistic term, is it? Where people begin to talk like the person they are talking with? Mm, yeah, so it's kind of
1: thinking up, kind of still.
2: Practice, I guess. Do you read out loud? Do you take an English text and read out loud?
1: Um. Yeah. I kind of try not to do it then be on the number, <laughs> or even to listen and then copy
2: to do you say listen to music with good clear lyrics and then sing slightly after it you know to echo it it's a good way to pick up
1: language and feel confident yeah I listen listen to music that has the lyrics normally do you sing I, along uh, I have had heart- Time I I used to this day, like the uh, last four years sing uh, alone, but before that I didn't did have any sing alone. But I have a hard time sing <laughs> alone. When I was
2: listening to Russian, learning Russian, I found it useful. Uh, well, two things one, of course, to listen with subtitles, another to, um, yeah, listen whilst reading the language, because the script is different, you know, the Cyrillic text is different, rather than me struggle to pronounce, to try and recall from memory each of the, the how I should say those symbols, to just listen to someone else say them as I run my eyes over those words was just so much easier. And then, con- uh, additionally, to take English language, like... Uh, um. A phrase that I would say in English but use the sounds like use the Cyrillic text um, and transcribe in Cyrillic the English words if you know what I mean so if a fantasy you would use the the ph symbol from Cyrillic and the the N symbol from Cyrillic, so it would it would be written like Russian language, but it would be actually English English language, and then I could practice saying those phrases so that my brain could associate and quickly say you know to to learn to read basically. But yeah. your script, I guess, Norwegian is very similar to Latin script English, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's uh, very uh, similar. Because the moment you hear me trying to pronounce names that I read them and you hear my uh, Norwegian coming through, is uh, more quiet and more tired, I hear, I just read the four letters and already hear myself, I butcher the name.
2: <laughs> I think it works okay if you're for some time with the same person who is listening to you. That will work just fine. And they can then... Correct you uh, if you'll pardon the expression, but basically, yeah, you know, they can say how to pronounce that and you'll, you'll learn a lot. But you, if you just practice anyway, even when you cannot pronounce, if you consistently read the word the same way, then you'll learn the English.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I was very good at the uh, Mumble, but then I have uh, two years, three years <laughs> from Mumble and I still can talk English and understand it totally, but talking, uh, not talking in two years is what uh, all people said, is was very damaging for my fluency. <laughs> I wonder how long, how too much time each day, though, you would
2: need, maybe not very much, to just practice pronunciation from reading or something.
1: Yeah, I does not do it so much, probably. Uh Kind of, because I only butcher the names of different people. <laughs> then I don't know how to pronounce a name. It's also yeah, easy for me to job. say because I. Sorry, what's that, Tony?
2: No, I... me, was that Ken?
6: Yeah, Hello. that's butchering people's names is my job. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I butchering all my names that I never read before. Unnumbered.
3: Anyway, but by the way, uh, i have not wished everyone Happy New Year yet. Happy New Year! Oh yeah, Year. good
6: plan. <laughs> <Happy> <laughs> I'm just looking
3: at I'm just looking at the uh, countdown. The next the next New Year place is in ten minutes. It's Honolulu, Honolulu. The,
1: the Pendragon. Oh God, uh, Pendragon. <laughs> so Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. It dragon, like, keep saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because the name gets me to see out of thing. I...
6: Yeah, but you're reading it as an English word. It's not an English word. It's a Irish alphabet. The uh, Irish yeah. alphabet hasn't switched, so the vowels are still the original. Ah, just don't
3: ah. yourself, guys. I'm, I'm, I'll be back in a few minutes.
6: See you later, Tony.
2: Also... Ken P- P- Podrick was saying his name is also uh, because he's from Netherlands, um, pronounced slightly differently over there. Oh, too. that's for sure. Yeah, Podrick.
6: <laughs> yeah. There, there has been a, a wide selection of butchering their names. It has to be said.
1: So is that you right from Netherlands, too, then, uh, Ken? Or did I misunderstand what he was talking about? Are you from Netherlands?
6: I live in the Netherlands. I'm from Ireland.
1: So you're in a family with the penbragon.
6: Padrick is my son. Yes. Ah.
1: Yeah. So. But, but I'm so... glad
6: he was asleep the whole night and wasn't awake at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> like a good parent that I'm supposed to be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Funny. he's a champion talker. Yes. Yeah. Then the moment he left, you joined.
6: Uh, yeah, I sent him to bed. No, he's actually up, uh, he's, he, I don't know what he's doing, he's still trying he, to He was awake. talking
1: about, uh, getting something to eat. Because ah, he, that's what he was he doing, he, he been yeah. talking six hours non-stop.
6: Yep, that's, uh, that's pucky all right, yeah. And
1: not, uh, going to toilet or drinking or anything.
6: Mm, yeah. yep.
2: I find those wide-necked uh, fabric conditioner bottles very useful because it took me a long time to make the smell of the fabric conditioner go away. I hope that's not too crude.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I work in the garage sometimes. You know, it's cold out there. Fair enough. And I just heard. I it just recalled uh, people who are playing World War. What is it? World of Warcraft or something? Um, how they would just stay by their machines, not wanting to leave, and therefore be urinating in their coffee cups and all that Ugh. kind of nasty stuff. Yeah, they 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 just that hooked. So uh, uh, just
1: has got a
7: five-gallon bucket.
1: So Reyes kind of drinking and then using it to piss. And
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We, I, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's very past, Very downhill uh, topic.
2: <laughs> yeah, but addiction. Addiction to, uh... Or, or obsession.
1: Obsession. I've been on Mumble over 12 hours non-stop. Wanted for... to be with dinner. Treat Mumble as a game. <laughs>
2: Time again for me to grab the Bluetooth headphones and go and sort some objects.
3: <laughs> what objects?
2: But I've got boxes of things, you know, I've got... Um, probably a hundred boxes. I'm just trying to sort... I'm kind of trying to move house, but... But that's going to be six months. Um, well, I'm and admitted dis-
6: it's Brexit stashing.
2: It, no. Well, it <laughs> all this illegal
6: EU contraband. <laughs> no. it off? It's, uh,
2: it's, it's kind of recycling, isn't it? But not knowing when, like, is anyone going to buy the house? i going to get out of the country.
1: Like, yeah. so where, what do you keep? What do you not?
3: Yeah.
2: I yeah, totally I'm understand
7: going- that. We're in the same boat ourselves.
1: So, was you in that boat before COVID or after COVID started? I would
7: say before.
1: Yeah, because some people kind of want to move after COVID started, because (laughs) of COVID. I
7: I have four small children, and we live in the city, and I did not grow up in the city, and it's very difficult for me to adjust to being in the city, and I want to get out, and (laughs) have wanted to get out for years, but... Now, it just seems easier. The the housing market has actually gone through the roof because of COVID.
1: It's going to hell in uh, where I live. It's it's probably good for all people, but not me. I'm trying to move away from the city, not into the city. Yeah, I Uh, I want to move away from the city as well. Yeah, because it's no... He said to move into the city, not away from the city. I'm looking for crew and farmland.
2: You know, a community, a bit more resilient, where you can plant stuff. There's lots of uh, people to help and things to enjoy and develop all of the time without being I mean, pressured, you know.
1: I have a hard problem. My family want me to live close to the city, but I want to live far away. So I'm looking for a place that they agree on, and I can still be myself Probably, <laughs> Especially with uh, COVID, when all the the places I was looking at have vanished.
7: Yeah, now that is something. The places around here that have been for sale that have been ideal—they're uh, listed on the market for a week to two weeks, and they're gone.
1: Yeah, uh, I find like four. Uh, I was just randomly lucky and see them, and they were listed like two days, and they were just gone.
7: Most of the most of oh, the wait, land around there was... is. Sold um, not, not from a public listing, but it's just some farmer putting a sign up in his yard because he needs some cash.
1: Yeah, and they just burp. <laughs> it was uh, looked at like 50 different places. No, it's uh, zero different places. I'm always and I think looking, it's but going to use... seller. Our... Go ahead, sir. No, I think it's. Uh, and the prices go up uh, around 10 to 20% of all the different places. I thought, I was going to, uh, I knew about COVID, so I thought, okay, COVID going to lower price, I thought. They were holding off on buying. But instead, it goes to 10 to 20. I think it's, if we if just go on, it's going to be 50% over what the last year price But it gets well, cheap it and makes it cheaper and cheaper to good to, to get leave, out of uh, your house here. But it got cheaper and cheaper, I think, to live in the bunker kind of city that you have a little bit smaller room between people. <laughs> Sardines, um housing, they got cheaper in the, in the city, I think. But uh, if you want to live just little outside the city, they got really pricey very fast this Horrible. A new one I looked at, it's got a 10-time asking price. Ooh.
7: That's kind of one of the problems we're having right now, is with the land and things that are available. So yeah, they, it's, it's vanishing. They come and they go, and when they come back, because they'll be relisted, it, it'll be more than it was the last time. So yeah. I, I believe that landowners are getting interest shown in their land, and they're like, oh, well, let's up the price a little more. We'll go a little more a little more and they're not accepting anything and to start getting the, the really high offers. And it's a good time to be selling houses now because the, the demand is so high and the supply is so low because people yeah. aren't in a financial position to sell.
6: Happy New Year, hallelujah. God, have butchered that. <gasps> he's
3: just gone a bit way.
6: Yep. <laughs>
3: Happy New Year.
6: Just two more left. And then it's over.
3: And then it's over for another year.
6: 2020, <laughs> done and dusted. Yes.
3: Yeah, and now we've just got to crawl our way through 2021.
6: <laughs> yeah. Is uh, uh, that light at the end of the tunnel? No, it's a freight train.
7: <laughs> so optimistic, Ken. So so, what was that? I said you are so optimistic.
3: Well, at least he's still in the EU, <laughs> unlike some of us. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so
6: you could Ken... just move to northern ireland and you'd still be have the best of both worlds remember yeah, we
3: still wouldn't have the free movement i don't think would we
6: yeah that's gonna be a problem surely you have an irish grandparent somewhere locked mm-hmm. away in the cupboard somewhere well
3: i've got i've got polish or russian relatives somewhere so I'll, I'll, I'll... yeah i don't know where
6: that, they are that'll do. <laughs> you don't need to like them you just need to get the passport. That's all. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'd have to. I'd have to track it all down first.
6: I <laughs> uh, saw so here on work there are a lot of people going to a lot of uh, rounds to find out their um, to get paperwork done before mm. the transition.
3: Well, if you if you if you were born in Northern Ireland, you're entitled to an Irish passport anyway, aren't you? Yep. So I would imagine there's going to be a lot of people applying for their Irish passport. <laughs>
5: Meh, yeah,
6: it's yeah. That's an emotive issue.
3: Yeah, I would, I, w- I would, imagine the um, uh, loyalists probably wouldn't, but uh, they, I would imagine the they're, people they're, who are just, you know, conservative with a small C will probably uh, think about it.
6: <laughs> they uh, the, in order to apply, you need to have a a, a person of high standing. Uh, you know, sign the thing, and that tends to be um, uh, clergy or uh, members of a of a political party. And they, well, some of the unionist parties, were saying, yeah, uh, that they were seeing a, a large increase in applications for Irish passports. I'm still a unionist, but I do like to, <laughs> I do like to head off to my uh, holidays down yeah. in, in Lanzarote. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Fair enough. Or I want I to, think, I yeah, want to go
3: to be able to retire into Spain whenever I want. Yeah,
6: yeah very much.
3: Yeah, talking about giving <laughs> ourselves both barrels in both feet.
6: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. but yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not on that side of the interesting. I was a bit concerned about the um, island of Ireland thing. To be honest mm. with you, uh, yeah. it did kind of undermine the the truce people call it the the, the peace treaty, the, the um, Good Friday agreement yeah um, and I can really see how that was puts the unionist community in a, in a very uh, awkward position so to speak. the whole thing yeah uh, they had no choice but to support it in, in ways to support brexit and then yeah it's uh yeah because nobody wants to return to that
3: no, no, we don't want to return to that. I know there's still occasional um, outbreaks of uh, violence and stuff, but nothing like it was for thirty years.
1: So, Ken, we oui. are you in the D and D thing? No, no. Oddly enough, um,
6: he, my son, got the D and D genes from somebody else. I, I don't understand it myself.
1: Because <laughs> you are always in the room. Then uh, I have been working on it.
6: Ah, uh, yeah, but that could be because uh, I have a backup machine in case he can't connect on his machine. So I'm just sitting there as a droid, but I am absolutely nowhere near it. Although Podrick is very persuasive, he has managed me to manage to get me to create a character. So yeah, essentially, <laughs> I think D and D is just a lot of maths tied up in a story uh and that mats, i'm not a big fan of yeah but he enjoys D and that's the main thing a lot of because maths. i tried to math, talk to
1: so you so can... many times so good to hear you but not there then
6: yeah so, no you're not going nuts i uh <laughs> i just it was just the computer connected
1: yeah because so many times i just gave you up i thought you was totally annoying me on purpose <laughs> oh
6: no, <laughs> no 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 not, so, not at all <laughs> Be-
1: oh, oh. Because it was kind of uh, the only person I knew beforehand for that group was you, so. Ah. And I tried to talk to someone I knew beforehand before.
6: Ah yes, yes. No, I'm, I have not been. Uh, I've not been avoiding you at all. That's all. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I kind of, Patrick, tried yep. to talk to Patrick, uh about the. Uh, cutting in uh, maybe the next time around, if I remember when it
6: is. Klaatu <laughs> has a, they're on a little bit of a break at the minute, for one reason or another, um, but he has a calendar uh, that he you can subscribe to and will tell you when the, when the D&Ds are happening. Let me just check and see if I can find that now.
0: No, no. No, I, I next. Can,
6: one I don't, no. No, no, <laughs> let me speak, let me speak. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, just channeling my uh. Did anybody see Klaatu? The... Uh, he hasn't been around, I don't think he... I've seen him around.
1: Uh, tattoo Oh, that's a weird new year. Indeed. Yeah, someone was asking about someone here, but they never done. So, you kind of make a point. I want to talk, be done, and then you go to the required.
3: I'm just searching uh, HPR no. to see if I can find an episode on making sourdough bread. If no, you go to the main matter, page, the look
6: under tags. tags.
3: Ah, right. Main page, look
6: under tags. Uh, let me see. I'm on the games blog. One second. We're getting closer and sorry that was my impression of Nigel Farage who was known for the um for the Brexit interviews if you listen to the BBC comedy shows his whole thing was
1: no 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 let me speak let me speak so yes uh... so you was trying to copy that one and... that's it
6: The the talk absence of plateau very good I
7: had a very hard time jumping back in here before without listening to uh, today's show holy crap that's a good one for today
1: so you join this room other time of the day of uh one day, Cobra?
7: I missed that, bud. You're going to have to say that again. Uh,
1: do you join other days and this one a year? <laughs> This room. This member room. I was
7: here yesterday a little bit. Uh, probably about this time, maybe a little later.
1: Oh, so some people are using this place.
6: Yeah, we've... um. Uh, mostly it's just a community news show. We do occasional interviews on here. Um, and there was a big discussion as well. I'll just give you the summary. Um, this server will probably be shutting down and moving to uh, another server where there Again? is more... Yeah, uh, because a lot of the podcasts... I think it on... was
1: already done once.
6: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: No, so, because uh, I was given a new thing because uh, the server was moving. Oh, okay. Once uh, before. Not remember that's probably. <laughs> I think I've it. Even got it from you. I'm not sure.
6: Okay.
3: So will will that mean a new um, link that we'll need to
6: put into? Don't know. Mumble? Don't know what we're going to do. It'll probably be mumble.hackerpublicradio.org on here.
1: dot org But I got got the, the two, I got linked in two different places, but I have a connection to this place. Probably one of them it's a bit this new place. <laughs>
6: I can't find it on...
1: Are you going to run your own Mumble
7: server there, Ken?
6: No, no, no. Enough to be doing, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Delwin Delwin has a server, and I'll probably just uh, put a DNS entry into his. I was about
7: to say, you do everything. How can you do any more?
6: No, I don't. No, no, no. I I just get... Everybody thinks I do everything. I have Dave Morris does all the work, and uh, so he just goes politely in the background about it
1: so you have a thicker head he's uh, looking oh, this yeah.
6: I'm yeah I'm a I'm a puppet. puppet state here in HPR land <laughs> yeah. will
8: you uh, keep Kim's the other rooms celebrity. that
3: are currently in the uh, HPR server yeah well? the thing
6: is yeah, the thing is the reason I so uh s- the previous person who was paying for this and I can't remember the name I'm bit my head against them on the wall trying to remember who they were which is terrible. I will. I will.
1: Pun- it's all fun when you cannot remember who's paid off a big thing you are using. <laughs>
6: yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, they had the, they were paying for the server for years, and then there was an email sent around saying, "Uh, are you still using the server?" And we were HPR were, so I was happy to you know take it over. But then, uh, when the issue about, um. Uh, client compatibility and the server not being upgraded came up this week. I had a look at the rooms and the majority of the podcasts on there are either podfaded or they've moved off to their own server or yeah. are using it as a backup. So
3: Yeah, we're using it. Uh, Mintcast is using it as a backup because our server still a bit, sometimes gets a bit flaky. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's only used for a backup uh, or a bit of a radio thing.
6: Well, HPR uses it once a month, so Delwyn has offered us a room over there, and he, uh, I presume it's a he, keeps the server up to date, and he's got um, a room that you can go in, and uh, when you go in there, you can test your audio and all sorts of stuff. So,
1: so. is that um, a podcast that you take of different random uh, things, uh, different uh, random things read oh loud? Or that the other show too. No,
6: I think he, he uh, just has a mumble server for other people, for other podcasts.
1: No, no, not I mean Your show is about reading aloud different people sending different random stuff. I yes, want to read yes,
6: As long as it's of interest to hackers, that's the only only requirement.
1: Which
3: virtually everything is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly.
1: Absolutely everything. <laughs> Because Making I remember one bread, time I joined, whatever. it was cooking kind of the topics, the whole yep. thing. I've
3: done a, cook- a couple cooking. of cookery, cookery
1: shows. Yeah, maybe that's uh, why I can remember your name, but not talk to you. Maybe <laughs> I heard one of your readings or something. Yeah. Uh, Ken, can you remember me from before?
6: Yes, yes, I can. You were on a 24-hour show, and you were on the Community News a few times. Still yeah. haven't gotten a show from you, though, which is interesting.
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
6: Still, you still haven't recorded an, hi, this is where I come from, this is how I found out about HBR, this is da-da-da-da, record it and go to the calendar show and upload a show. Have your own show. You're a real person on the internet, then. You're a real podcaster.
1: Yeah, and... No, i not. No, because probably the way I got to this place, <laughs> I didn't know about any podcast. I got to that some place I can get to talk to people. <laughs> uh huh. They're probably not the right introduction to this place, probably. <laughs>
3: Still can't find out where to search tags. Uh...
6: Oh, hold on one second. I uh, will get it for you. It's, it's not. <clears throat> yeah, it's on the list of stuff that should be more prominent now.
1: Probably sounds very bad that doesn't listen to any podcast at all, really.
6: So I put it into the YouTube um, uh, pad. Oh, into the um, show notes. Yeah, and it's on the uh, on the HPR thing underneath Meet the Team and right above the latest shows. Please help out tagging other shows.
7: Is so we have two shows weekend. on
6: dough which is uh, 1327 and 13 uh, 1827 1327 1827. One by Frank Bell who breaks bakes bread yeah, and one by Dave Morris on part of the series Cooking. Interesting. And cooking we have uh, your one uh, Sorifitito whatever that is, as I butcher the name. That's my <laughs> <go>. <laughs> making crepes making sauerkraut, making bramble jelly uh, killer keel kil- bassas, baking yule bread chocolate chip cookies dud dud dummy on oats uh, alpha 32's pine head oats, frank 5 Sea bread, how to make kombucha tea uh, steel cut oats this is actually a lot longer than I thought it would be <laughs> walk, cookie do you do? <laughs> Plender, walk, cookie show. Okay, so there you are. That and um, sourdough. Do we have a sourdough? I
3: can't. I'm still. Su- yeah,
6: sourdough. Uh, one three two seven. That's the one you're looking for. One three
1: for. two seven. Right. Ah, you um... thought to go to read four or five things, then you. Oh God, it's a whole list.
6: <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, do you guys have a mailing list? Yes, we do. Yeah
6: because I I I, I
1: no, I don't want to get in on this because I didn't realize it was a mailing list ah. I thought it was like a, a rest feed that used to give me updates I didn't realize what it was I never made Oh, the in mail list is for, mailing list the, before
6: okay, the mailing list isn't for the cooking as such
1: no no but I didn't know what the mailing list was before I downloaded it oh, okay. to your place and understand my whole um, mailing mail application get very fast filled up it felt like spam uh, because you said it, it didn't happen it didn't uh, make but when i joined it was like 50 100 500 unread uh, mail i got <laughs> it's just keep going you know but you probably doesn't use uh, your mail a different mail client or something to it oh, okay no no it was going and growing and you do, i didn't understand what it was <laughs> because each time someone replies it gets sent to all people as an yeah, exactly. and it's and it was uh, before i knew it this was uh, because i had all my mail clients in one application and Normally I have around 20 messages mails. But after I donated you I have like 500 unreaded. <laughs> and the next time I look at it this is the 1,000 and it's just grow- no, no it's growing. Yeah. No, it shouldn't
6: be that money? Yeah. shouldn't be there's something wrong because it's only uh, there's only a few mails a month if that.
1: Yeah. It was uh, I just joined a very unlucky year. You have more uh, uh, more uh, traffic, normally, uh, normally do. Oh, okay. I was very unlucky because I I'd kind of t- talked to you about the place, and oh, it's unreasonable. Like uh, maybe twenty uh, month. Okay, totally fine. But as I kind of tried to follow halfway, but after read like five hundred messages, I was kind of oh.
3: <laughs> Talking about the mailing list. I've yeah I gone in, a mailing gone, it, gone into my uh, email and found found a, <laughs> a, a, a uh, an email
1: <laughs> yeah uh, because I thought this was like a, a recipe video you have on on the kind of this your on a blog kind of thing I thought it was like that <laughs> but it's not like that I I didn't know what I'm uh, I didn't know how horrible uh, my it can be if you need to read about few messages you get on the mail. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go really.
6: have breakfast back in a bit.
1: It's, uh, it's like your Telegram thing, I think, Tony.
3: Uh, yeah, the mailing list is nothing like that. No, it's, no, no it's,
1: but it's as horrible and you get unread the kind of feeling. Deal,
3: yeah, but like I say, the HPR mailing list has got nowhere near that. You, you, some some months you don't, you, you know, some months you only get the one uh, yeah. message.
1: I I probably don't just was very very unlucky then I don't because it was more was getting into me and I was getting rid of it was no maybe not it was not maybe you didn't I probably send. I have some auto-send back and kind of stuff. I probably use many but it myself. Because I didn't understand how it worked. Each time I said uh, to now, please do not send this message to me or something. But I used to... I used to... Mmm. Mm. Someone's got an echo. Someone's got an echo. Yeah. Yeah. One of spoons. Mmm.
2: Just a minute. <laughs> I can't, I'm on my phone, I'm trying to mute. Phone
7: should auto mute before coming that should be like a default setting on uh, yeah. Android. Uh, what
1: client are you using on your Android? It's Mumble Plumble or Mumbler or something, probably. on the all three. This is Because a I Android got my friend to in- install the Mumble. Uh, I didn't mean to get him to install that, but he found Mumble, so okay, he got Mumble on his phone. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to work at all.
2: How's that? I think maybe the volume was too loud, or do you still get feedback? doesn't seem to be
1: It uh, doesn't seem to be loud, because Is it loud was enough? very loud uh, Then you were feeling back give uh, the noises.
2: Okay, I'm mostly listening now.
3: <laughs> I'm going to go for a, a little wonder because my back popped this morning and just sitting on the computer chairs, making it stiffen
1: up. Oh, Ken, it's going offline. Back. you It's going the way. One of you, is on his phone. <laughs> so, hmm, who is left to talk to? I'm still here. Oh, you are still here. Sorry. Sorry, I forgot you. You are probably one the only the still here. Because Joe has not talked in eight hours or so. and Mango has not talked since I joined. <laughs> he has texted, but not talked. Not sure if he had one mic at all. And Arch has texted, texted, but never talked. And Morden's you, have, and you have, could have no headset, and each time he's open his mic and no, someone talking, it's totally echoing the whole room. <laughs> I forget about him, So Hi,
7: Mordency. It's been a long time, bud.
9: I know, I still have uh, HPR Anarchy shirts for you.
7: Oh my word. Uh, oh my word. Oh my word. I get
9: in touch with you, uh, Mordency at Gmail. Probably work. Any address you had for me before should work. I made the screen just for you. It's a a hand handmade screen. I hand painted it, and I put um um uh, so it's got a a circle with an A on it, like kind of uh, more punk rocky than official anarchy logo, and uh, in the crossbar on the A. I filled in uh, HPR, real small.
7: I'm quite excited. That's that's Christmas present.
9: Um, I don't know what color shirts I still have. I haven't printed in a long time. Uh, I brought a, a handful of them to the... Whatever the, the Linux best was after the last time I saw you. <laughs> um, I brought a whole stack of them and ended up giving them to people. I think I uh, got a, a couple of them. Um, somebody was supposed to g- get some to you um, Uh, probably not Klaatu but somebody in that in that group when we got in trouble out in the or circle talk during the closing keynote at the Ohio Lenox Fest
7: well they never made it up here but, well uh, they never made it uh, things but uh, things happen
9: how, how's it up there in Maine you're still in Maine right
7: no I'm a little bit, no, further, I'm a little bit further north bud Canada yes sir I live in New Brunswick Canada in New Brunswick,
9: Canada. Should we not talk about personal stuff? <laughs> I keep forgetting. Oh,
7: I, it's public knowledge. Oh, I, public knowledge, I believe. Okay. How have you been? How, I, mean, I have uh, um, you I mean, I probably years. haven't talked to you in four years.
9: That sounds about right. Maybe five. Um, uh, um, I'm the sole Linux admin architect engineer, whatever, for uh, North, South, and Central America and have our uh, part in Asia, Africa, uh, uh, Europe. Um, uh, have you heard of GRIFE Industrial Packaging?
7: I have not. I have not.
9: Um, they they started in Ohio 146 years ago or something like that. The railroads were being built after the Civil War. Uh, almost. Um, they're uh, a green company. They're... Socially or ecologically conscious, they are one of the largest land managers in the U.S. in Canada. Um, um, All the way back in the late 1800s, they were um, making sure they had enough oak trees growing land with oak trees to supply 30 years of increased productivity, increased product. But they make like the steel drums that things are shipped in, plastic drums. The cubes, um, the stuff. Everything is shipping globally. The the over two hundred factories in one hundred and twenty countries.
7: That sounds like it sounds nice fun place to work.
9: Um, <laughs> it is very stressful. The infrastructure side so understaffed. Um, uh, the my in Europe the counterparts uh, there were three or four Linux guys when I started twenty seventeen and. All but one of them have left and they have no plans to replace anybody. Um, you know, you know, an office space where they had the two bobs, I believe so. I believe so. That they came in to downsize everybody. They had one of those consulting yes. firms they hired, yes, that, that came in make more money the more c- cuts they tell you to make. And uh, they told Greif they needed to hire more IT people.
7: They needed to hire more, they needed to hire more. Wow,
9: yeah, yeah, there's a uh, no redundancy in any of our positions. Our DBA passed, um, um, not, not officially, but um, hi, uh, both him and I had in February. We had people in, in and out of China, um, and there were about a dozen of us that got deathly ill. And the ones that did go to the doctor, figure out, you know, the, they tested negative for everything at the time, and COVID wasn't here. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that we all had. And and then he passed away uh, two months later. Uh, so We had no Oracle DBA. Uh, our Oracle stuff's been messed up. The whole company's going to collapse. But other than having too much work to do, it is all Linux work. So that's uh, that's good
10: i've gone i've gone the other i've,
7: way. Gone, the other, I've, I've gone, gone out of, out of, technology of uh technology now and now i'm going. Uh, i went uh, into some and electrical and training, electrical and, training an and now i'm an electrician
9: uh i i have friends that uh that argue uh type of uh skilled um occupations uh are are a keystone to to keep a society running but that's what well, won't be replaced oh, by a i right. <laughs> programmers well <laughs>
7: I work at a tissue plant. I work so in a tissue plant, so it's, 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 it's kind of fun. It's kinda I, don't fun. I don't see much replacing automation what replacing what I do.
2: I'm a cleaner. Cleaner. I'm, I'm cleaner. a cleaner. Straight forward. straightforward, forward. You don't have a headset, have
9: headset Um, I, I don't a, have one. on. Am I...
2: Uh echoing now echoing now I've just I've just went went out, of went out
9: of Wi-Fi range. I, I, I cannot hear you echoing I believe
7: it's I believe you more, it's more than, than that's doing the echo
9: should I put on headphones
7: or or enable push, enable push to talk
9: I'm on plumble I don't see a push to talk
7: you should uh, look up uh, Moomla it's the updated version of plumble
2: I put on and then headphones transmission mode I was but it's nice to say, hear somebody I'm, else I'm a, talking on Android. I'm on Android.
9: What was the name of the deaf again?
2: Mumla? Uh, hang M- on a U-M- moment. M- I'll M- drop a link in the chat here. L-A.
9: I don't uh, I don't know how to access the chat.
2: M U M Mike. Uniform. Mike. Lima. Alpha.
9: There's four of them.
7: I got mine from F-Droid.
2: As did I.
7: Oh, no. Ran off Mordency.
2: What's that? You think we lost Mordency?
7: Oh, it's fantastic. We just got a snowfall warning. A what warning? Snowfall. We're gonna get a lot of white stuff. It's times like these. I wish I lived in Australia.
11: Do not have snow? Wait, actually they do in certain parts.
7: I'd want to live in Melbourne. Somewhere coastal. Maybe close to Peter
11: 64. Yeah, but then you'd have a lot of latency.
7: There's
2: snow here. In Australia also have a big car wall?
7: Oh, I just stomped all over your one of sponge? Go ahead.
2: Really not important? I'd I uh I can't find my cold chisel. I'm only mentioning it because like, you do when
12: you for a while. <laughs> looks like everybody went away. Five AM time to make coffee. I wonder if anybody discussed how they make coffee in the morning. It's five AM my time. Good morning. Good morning.
11: Yeah, I I will actually make coffee now, I guess. You can grind your own
12: beans. Yeah. Uhhuh, you have a lot of echo archer seventy two. Must be where I'm at. I was in the kitchen. Or I think you do. Must Uh, be where I'm at. I don't know. Is that better? I don't know. It seems that every time
11: anyone says something, I hear it again one second later.
12: Maybe the server or maybe the mobile app I'm using.
11: Including myself, which is weird. Anyway, no, I generally don't grind my own beans. Well, not generally, I just don't.
12: (laughs) No, I'm lazy that way, too. I use a bun coffee maker and it's a... It's a pre-warmed section, and so you just pour in the cold water and to put out the hot water that was in the reservoir.
13: Uh, I think it's fine if you don't grind your own beans. It's obviously better, but um, as long as you don't go the instant granules route, then uh, <laughs> it's all good.
11: Okay, I think I might have fixed my sound problem. No, forget that. No, I don't. It's Friday then. Yes, it is.
6: I still can't find that link. Hold on a second.
10: Which link we know you're yes
6: 35 minutes to the last one mhm gonna check if to see if that mastodon thing worked ooh the bot did yep. you get it up yep they approved uh, an account yeah uh but I didn't see anything nice. coming was... in but I'm just going to check the account now one second yeah.
12: nice that was ooh, quick yeah considering the day did again I forgot to switch my input when I turned on my laptop Ah. yeah wish i could figure out how to auto switch that but i was asking does baker island include the hawaiian
6: islands i think they already went there's a good um interactive calendar on timeanddate.com
12: and that's what i was going off of because zulu time confused me completely i was trying to go off the show notes okay. well, the count is up but it didn't seem to take the rss feed I mean, why not no i didn't see one for you yet i have a mastodon tam open
6: it's uh the account is hpr as hpr as as hpr at bots and space. No, I don't see anything. There, I just found you, and it's uh, subscribed to it. Very good, very good. But 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 why oh, didn't work? Where would I see my own posts?
11: Seems to have no posts yet.
6: No, no, no.
11: There we go. There already got some community engagement.
6: Excellent. No need for diaspora. Then. <laughs> Unbelievable. I haven't been following you on my own account. Anyway, we we'll fix that. Ha. I don't post much. Uh, neither do I. <laughs> All right. What to draw?
11: Wait. Today's not a work day for you, right?
6: Hold on, it did work, according to Dave Morris's, as he has a screenshot of it. Okay, first, that brings up two important questions. Why am I not seeing it, and why is B, why is B after A? Oh, I need some sleep. Why is Dave Morris not on Mumble talking to us? He's probably
11: having some coffee.
6: Wait, it's 11. Probably in the kitchen, working on this database.
11: Why would he have a database in the kitchen?
6: Because Dave has a database for recipes and stuff, and cooks quite a lot. And nice. I and mean, Dave has databases for everything.
11: Here. Does he want to share that on HPR? Because uh, at some point I think I might actually start saving
6: recipes somewhere. Sure, or I'll just yes. keep cooking as I do. We have a uh, recipe series, a uh, cooking series, so feel free to join us. Well, okay, i so... Mostly... so Go
11: ahead, over. I was just saying I mostly rip off Chef uh, Chef John. Over.
6: No worries, over. (laughs) The over will get very annoying for people after a while. Over.
11: Indeed, over.
6: Sometimes it's best to go under. Over. Uh, That
11: joke was already made yesterday.
6: Yeah, good. Okay, uh, so why am I not seeing my own pulse then? Have you tried following yourself over? Can you? Why would you need to I mean, that? you can... You
11: could follow HPR at bots and space with your Ken Fallon
6: account. Oh, I have, but I don't see it. That's the thing.
11: Oh, goodness. Because I see them.
6: Oh, hold on, I see it now. I see but, them. Uh, 1 a.m. Okay. Okay, yes, that's perfect. So, what's my problem? Why well, it's at 1 a.m.? But okay, fine, we'll leave that off. Uh, everything's working fine yeah, okay, thanks right, fair enough one second Uh, yeah, uh, now when I click on it it has three toots alright, I didn't Uh,
11: see that post uh, until now
6: yeah, that's strange maybe it needed the hello world click in the butt one yeah, always helps okay, so, fine, that was painless something off the list Good. Okay,
11: I pinned it in my profile so I can use my, you know, influencer profiles. Influencer... Influencer powers.
6: Okay, you've lost me. Does that, like, help? I have no idea.
11: (laughs) It's it's like putting an advert in the middle of the woods.
6: Yeah, very good. (sighs) Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Ooh.
4: Hello Hello. Hello.
6: Voice commander closed the ticket about the upgrading the server with the message. This notification is to let you know that we are changing the status of the ticket to closed because we didn't receive a response from you in 72 hours. Well, that's because I responded. And you ignored <laughs> me. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. We received your message while we weren't looking <laughs> and didn't look any further. So yeah, sounds like a good excuse to uh, to leave those uh, people and go somewhere else. This is the Mumble yeah. server, right? Yeah.
5: yeah.
4: Yeah. So I am in my kitchen. Well, kitchen dining area, which is the
6: working fourth. on the database. Uh,
4: actually, uploading next week's shows to the internet archive was what I was doing. But uh, we're going to have a a family cookout. Or cook cooking or whatever you call it a bit later on we're making something moderately complex and they're all gonna pile in together and cook bits so uh, so I'm just getting ready <clears> for that
6: nice what do you have' a select asterisk from <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ken is winding me up because I do have a database in which there are meal things not recipes but meal things and and because my son his girlfriend and my daughter come over uh, once a week um for two evenings to eat with me i wrote this thing to uh, allow me to select from the sort of favorite recipes that we, uh, favorite menus that we eat and it does it randomly <laughs> so so i run this every thursday or something and then uh, we know what we're having for the following week so as you do you know i mean got computers, you got databases. You... normal. Yeah, yeah, why not, why not?
6: That is a great idea. Although it does smack of something that they... in the year 2000, people will be using the databases in their kitchens, cooking lovely meals for <laughs> <with> the family.
4: <laughs> so true, so true, even today.
11: That is very much in uh, um, in something. I don't know. I, my coffee still isn't working. Have Have more. So anyway, what I was going to say is that apparently Metropolis has become public domain today. The 1925 movie or 27, something like that. Oh wow, finally. It only took 95 years. Not, it's absolutely not. Uh what database uh, DBMS, do you use for that?
4: I was trying to time share there uh, with something else. Um, I use SQLite for this because it's just a single single user, single use thing, so uh, and it's pretty easy to to make um databases that, that stuff and also get some quite sophisticated features. I always thought that it was a, a toy system until I actually started using it. It's really quite powerful given what it is.
11: Yeah, I also always use SQLite.
4: Yeah, it's uh. When you enable the relational stuff, which is not on by default, at least it wasn't in the version I um, set up originally, um, then you can do pretty much everything you'd want to do. There's triggers and uh, and all of that sort of stuff. You know. I mean, in many cases, if you want something very sophisticated, you have to write it yourself. But there's an API that you can work to um, that uh, you can write stuff in C. People have been using it. In that way, even in multi-user mode, I believe. You remember somebody mm-hmm. talking about it on uh, Floss Weekly some months ago, years ago?
11: Oh, okay. I stopped following Floss Weekly a while ago.
4: Yeah, I stopped once uh, Randall Schwartz um, left or was pushed or whatever. It was turned, Do you know what um, happened? Um, then? N- n- I don't. I don't. I've, I've tried to get as much information as possible about that, but there's so little. He was very... Very coy about, uh, and of course they were very, um, not very forthcoming about what they'd done. But uh, he, uh, it couldn't have been very good because he didn't want to speak about it. Yeah,
11: I was a bit confused one day. I just came back and he wasn't there. And said what?
4: Yeah, he's uh, he'd been doing that that job for a long time. It's a uh, it's a shame in a way though. <clears throat> I was I don't know. I was just getting a bit bored with it with it because the ratio of stuff that interested me to, to stuff that didn't, was, uh, was was changing in the wrong direction for me, so I was thinking of, of uh, stopping listening, and that precipitated as far as
6: I was concerned.
11: Yeah, Floss Weekly actually got me in here. The interview with yeah? Ken.
6: Oh, cool. But surely you'd been around before that. Or not. Or not. I'm, I'm sure, sure you had been around in the community prior to that. Mm,
11: I, I only really noticed the community at when... Yeah,
6: when I saw it on plus oh, there you go. That was a really strange experience getting interviewed like that.
4: Yeah, I yeah. imagine so.
6: It was very,
11: the, the description, one podcast a day, sounded a bit excessive.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it.
4: Yeah, I think we probably said that a few times, Ken, haven't we?
6: <laughs> yeah.
4: Especially when people have said... Why, why don't you do some on weekends as well? It's probably enough. Oh,
6: think, yeah, no, what moron will say that, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
4: I don't know. Somebody completely uh, misguided, probably.
10: Happy New Year.
11: Good year and happy new morning. Ah,
6: who was that? Honking who? Ah, he's back. You just want to close it up and start the editing now. because It'll take about six months to get it all edited together.
10: Probably. Well, we're going to keep recording. You know the rule. Yeah, as long as there's people here talking.
4: Hi, Honky, how are you?
10: What a day, how are you? Doing?
4: Oh, good, good. <coughs> You're having, having a good new year so far. So far, <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good.
6: Okay, now find Tattoo's RSS feed. Oh, it's an RSS feed. I have it in my RSS reader. Hold on one second. Found it. MixSignals.ml forward slash games forward slash RPG.xml.
4: this, Volkin?
6: Uh, the calendar, the iCal that Cloud um, 2 keeps for the uh, games.
4: Okay. That's all. Well. Sorry, go on. <coughs> I was going to tell you that all of the shows apart from the community news got uploaded to uh, Internet Archive. Okay.
6: Super. I'll be posting the rest of the backlog today. Oh, cool. If I get around to it. Excellent. I actually want to... Do you want to have a talk about the... Um, well, just for people's background information. Well, in 9 minutes, 30 seconds, this thing is officially over. But uh, 20, in 9 minutes, 24 seconds, 2020 is officially over. So let's let's do it after that. But I did want to have a chat about the heart, broken hard disk and how you can post shows to the archive straight away, is it a good idea to have the uh, dummy shows in first for the next year, and then replace them? And how would so, the archive feel about that?
4: Oh, I'm sure they wouldn't bother at all. <clears throat> I certainly uh, rewrite stuff um, on the, uh, the, the internet archive. Uh, I rewrite our shows, I should say, when there are changes. I mean, if somebody asked for an edit to be done to the the notes, and I would go and uh, propagate that to the the IA version as well. So no, I don't think they they're at all bothered. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly doable. I'd need to change my code to, to handle it because the thing that does the upload assumes that it is to go and find all the bits of the show on the HBR database and upload whatever's relevant notes and other files, but uh, replacing stuff is manual at the moment. So, um, mm-hmm. the so it would require some some coding, not a lot really, because um, the the manual process of doing it isn't usually complex. <coughs> I swallowed some coffee the wrong way when you made me laugh earlier. <coughs> Still suffering. <coughs> so, in principle, yeah, why, why why not? But we need to work out the details.
6: Yeah, exactly. Um- so the way we're doing it now is uh, the show gets uploaded. All this is on the GitHub page, by the way, including sequence diagrams. Not GitHub, GitLab page. Uh, and then we put the... I process the, the... re-encode the shows and put them on to the hard disk. I post them onto the HPR website, and then Dave then takes the shows from the uh, the Internet Archive version and then puts that the week before the shows get posted up onto the Internet Archive. And unfortunately, uh, through through, uh, some bad luck on our part, uh, the hard disk broke and we lost, I had to re-encode the HPR versions, or the Internet Archive versions. So that just highlighted the fact that we should probably post directly as soon as we're processing the shows. Basically split off. I think that would actually allow us to split off the encoding and the show notes uh, editing, Dave. Uh-huh. Because it wouldn't matter in which order they were done. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So you if... say I take down the shows, the physical media, do that bit, and then post if... Okay, say we already have slots on Internet Archive for the next uh, 263 slots. And then I can post... That's giving me a placeholder to push the content to, and then the show notes can be done either before or afterwards. It would actually make a lot more sense.
4: There are some weirdnesses in the way that Internet Archive accepts stuff, because each show that we upload is a separate item. I know a lot of um, podcasts just basically have one item with lots and lots of, of shows attached to it, lots of bits of audio, but I designed it to make an item per show because that was the way to make it also display the notes as the description part of the of the internet archive entity item i think they call it the object uh-huh. that you're, you're building you've got to be careful the way that you initially upload it and i'm a little vague about how because i've been down this hole before and have forgotten but i'll have notes i'll have notes that <laughs> i go into uh-huh. gory detail but um, if you don't get it right, you end up with a with an item that you can't then turn into the shape that you want. So I've had Oops. to go to the staff and ask them to take it down so I could re- rebuild it. Um, so that that is just a thing you need to plan properly.
6: Um, but that's yeah, not something yeah. we're going to rush into now.
4: No, 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 no. But it's it's probably doable. <clears throat> I mean, basically, there's. Uh, a tool that I use for this that I didn't write. It's a. It's written by somebody who is a contributor mm-hmm. to yeah. IA, which um, is a, per, um, a Python script that, that lets you do this stuff. So you can do things like say to it, go to this item and replace this component of it and, and stuff like that. So it's not. Um, it, it's pretty easy. I have not had any. There's not been anything that I've failed to do except if the show gets posted wrongly, the categorization is only something that the staff can, can change. So we post them on Mark Podcast and uh, if they if you post them without saying what it is, they get added to I can't remember what category it is, but it's it's sort of a miscellaneous category and the users yeah. can't
6: change them. <clears throat> Uncle, are you going to do the deed?
10: What, say Happy New Year to everybody? Because like you said earlier, bro, we're going to keep the recording going until... Uh, yeah, well, we have to do an official ending, you know. <laughs> oh, sure. 7 o'clock, I'll do an sure, uh, official 14, ending. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm going to have check with uh, Kevin. I I have uh, one point where I all of a sudden came down here to uh, restart the audio recording, and it was just not running, so I'm not... I miss, in my recordings, I'm going to be missing a little bit of a chunk, so...
6: I have uh, I have everything here. Uh,
10: awesome.
6: Yeah. With my cool epoch date and ISO 8601 date. So, yeah, it should be easy enough to uh, align them based on UTC. Cool. Thank you. Might be no harm also to paste in the chas from Mumble into the uh, Etherpad at the bottom of the Etherpad, probably.
10: Yep, we could do that.
6: The issue is if you close Mumble for any reason, it, dis- it disappears. So I don't know if somebody has had their Mumble open the whole time. Would have got the whole sh- chat because
10: I don't. Yeah, mine was open the whole time.
6: Okay, do a select all copy and put it into a text file real quick. <laughs> so are you are going to close it up
10: officially? Yep, one sec here. I was just putting that into the text file.
6: Three, two, one, go.
10: All right. So this has been the end of the ninth annual Hacker Public Radio New Year's Eve show. I want to say greetings to small region of the United States, Baker Island and Howland Islands. Uh, uh, does anyone want to sing "All Enzymes"? Nope.
6: <laughs> no, <laughs> can't sing.
10: Neither can I. I was going to rely on the rest of you.
6: Don't even know the lyrics can sing the, uh, in the, show the software song. <laughs> if you want to kick it up, I'll
10: back you up. How about that?
6: Oh, there's that countdown script. I was wondering where
10: it was. Was it uh, at the beginning of the Etherpad?
6: It's at the very That's end. Wild oh, the end. Blah. This is the thing about the New Year show. You go, oh, right, yeah. yeah I'll, everything's on there. I'll kind of uh, definitely tidy up that. And then next year comes along and you go, how, it? how did I do that again? And... <laughs> back to old versions from four years ago.
10: <laughs> no, I didn't edit the end there. Uh, Mumble server was supplied by the wonderful HPR community, or Ken Fallon.
6: No, uh, who originally had the Mumble server? John Neustatter. Ah, oh, yeah, John. God, sorry.
10: That's right. The stream was uh, with Kevin Wisher, and then you grabbed uh, it as well.
6: No, Kevin had the stream. Uh, John had uh, the the Mumble server for ages, and I just took it over. So, uh, yeah, good. But I don't need credits. That's fine. The joy of the community is enough for me. <laughs> One of my daughters has surfaced. I'll go and say hello back in a bit. All right, I'm gonna
10: go get some. maybe get some breakfast. I'll leave the recording going. Uh, I do want to say thank you again to everybody for uh, coming on. And it seems like this was a. Very, very good year for the, uh, the New Year's show. I don't think I was ever on here once where there wasn't somebody talking, so there's probably lots of uh, good audio.
4: Yeah, thanks for all your efforts, Honky. Most appreciated.
10: No problem. It's not a big deal. Like I said, the hardest part's usually just the uh, the audio editing, getting it all together. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, yes. I've, uh, I've watched from a distance in the past and never, never been directly involved, but... Uh... I can sort out the show notes if you need help, that is.
10: Thank you. Yeah, I feel there's so many things that, uh, so many audio applications that seem to choke on large audio files, and I think that's the, the challenge, really. Yeah,
4: Audacity's fine and stuff, but but there are limits, I guess. I've not tried to push it to, to the limits.
10: And I've, I've found so many audio players, too, that just seem to choke on large audio.
4: It's not surprising, I suppose.
10: Like on mobile, I, where there was... Uh, uh, last year's audio that i had the uh, my version of the audio and it was it the VLC choked on it and i was really shocked by that
4: yeah i've not had that experience but I, it's probably because i always listen mostly listen to stuff on mp3 players and i've got i've got a bunch of those and they they don't seem on the whole to be that bothered by by file sizes you know i've got you know multiple hour shows on there with no trouble but uh, yeah, um, AntennaPod. AntennaPod's pretty good now, actually, on the phone. But it's had, it has had problems in the in the past.
10: Now, do you just throw straight up audio files at uh, AntennaPod?
4: I selectively download stuff um, on uh, on AntennaPod. So um, it's I, I I don't have auto download set for all of the. The feeds. I just go to a feed and download everything and put it in the queue and then listen to listen to them that way. It's right. um, it's sometimes it's a good thing to do because my homebrew uh, podcast management thing just churns away with downloading every day and then making a sort of it makes a database of everything <laughs> and uh, and I can then go and play stuff from it. But but I usually do them in time order and and grouped by feed or or a batch of feeds. So the problem with doing it that way is that uh, I get so behind sometimes. At the moment, I've got sixteen gigabytes of unlistened stuff in the on the system, you know. So there's times when I'm thinking I really want to listen to this one. I want to catch up. I'm currently listening to the next lugcast actually, because I'm way behind at that. You know, so it's useful to do that on the phone.
10: Yeah, but uh, on the phone is about the only way I can do it.
4: I got a new pair of um, Bluetooth uh, headphones, um, earphones, I guess, uh, for Christmas. Uh, my kids' bought for me, and uh so the phone plus them is really quite nice actually
10: um, I might switch away from my home brain
4: <laughs> system I don't know <laughs> you'll see
10: well, recently, I got into the uh audiobooks. I know I'd listened to uh, to Joe talking about um uh, the Dresden file books and I'd, uh so I was um gonna go get uh my teeth worked on, and when they initially uh we're talking. They said that there was going to be a long, maybe long process. So I was debating. So I, I was going to try and listen to something during this because just sitting there, clenching, <laughs> clenching my eyes and holding onto the side <laughs> while they work on my teeth, um, to just whatever music they had in the background didn't seem very, you know, like a like a very good time. So I found uh, Ready Player One from um archive.org in archive.org actually so i wound up downloading that i didn't wind up listening to anything during it and they didn't wind up uh spending as much time working on my teeth as uh they initially said they were i think just looking at me uh you know just the, the one hour that they uh that they did work on me mm-hmm. uh, looking at me they decided to just space them out a couple of days uh you know one month at a time maybe but um it kind of reinvigorated my love for uh, listening to audiobooks. So I went and I downloaded all of the, uh, the Dresden files. I've been, so I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks.
4: That's good. Yeah. I just recently, um, I contributed to the, uh, Kickstarter. I think it was Corey Doctorow, the, the, he's a science fiction writer and he made quite a lot of his books available as audiobooks via the, the Kickstarter. Um, Plus, he's uh, he gives away quite a lot of his stuff, so I uh, was happy to, and I listened to a fair bit of it, and um, I was quite happy to, to you know, throw some money his way because of his uh, his generous outlook on this sort of stuff. So, uh, you ever listened to him? Have you come across him at all?
10: No, no, I've heard of him, but I haven't I haven't listened to him yet.
4: I think he was a founder of um, was it the EFF or the. EF? or something one of the one of those activist uh, organizations so he's um he's quite a, an impressive guy but,
2: I've yeah, seen quite... Cory Doctorow the name about places but I, I don't know where
4: yeah he's he used to live in the UK doesn't anymore he's a Canadian I think I think he's I'm not sure where he is now but uh, he is often keynote speaker at various things you know might uh, have been a,
2: a digital certificate actually
4: Ah, okay. I think he's a, he was a keynote at the Hope Conference, for example, the last one that was done virtually. Uh, and he's been on previous ones as well. So, yeah, he's a, he's an excellent speaker. Anyway, his, his audio books are pretty good because he, he reads them. So nothing quite like having the author reading uh, their own book. They, they get all the pronunciations
6: right, which is cool. Very American-centric, his books are, so I don't get as much out of them as most people would. As in, I don't know about American football or baseball, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and obviously then the science fiction derivatives of the same.
4: When I was um, in my teens, I went through the local library reading everything science fiction, and the vast majority of it was American-based stuff, you know, apart from maybe Arthur Clarke, but uh, um, Arthur C. Clarke, I should say. And... uh, so, I sort of got into the way of basically skipping over those references that I didn't fully understand.
10: Um, so, it doesn't bother me over much. All right. I think the kids are getting a bit rowdy upstairs. So, I will talk to you guys later. Hopefully, people will be on later. Cheerio. Bye, Hongi. Happy New Year.
4: And to you, to
6: continue with my CD archiving ish project.
4: Uh ah. Well, I'm going to go and do very cooking-related things, I think. So I'm going to going to disappear now. My kids will be over in the next hour or two. It's quite a nice day here, actually. But So they might be out yeah. walk, walking in the hills. Um, but uh, anyway, they'll be over later. All righty, Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, true enough,
5: yes.
4: See you later.
12: Bye. We'll see 9 l again. It seemed pretty interesting when I was talking to him. I uh, hope he comes in the community.
6: righty. next. He's back. This time it's personal.
11: So, turns out there's a database of leap seconds in your computer.
6: Yep. Yeah, I
11: didn't know that. I had to work with leap seconds a while ago and it was very annoying.
12: I was just checking out the lounge. A couple guys are check, catching up on, with each other. Good, good, good. I just thought I'd leave them alone.
6: Nice and sunny here.
12: Nasty and rainy here. No sun yet here.
11: You learned Stockholm. Tuck, tuck, tuck. That's sure good. That's the extent of my Swedish. More than I knew when
6: I got here. Where did you get there from? Portugal. Ah. Did you come up for the snow? Yeah. It turns out.
2: I, I was thinking know. of emigrating to Portugal. Why did you leave?
11: uh just came here for studying and stayed it is a fine country to emigrate to i would say i would think
2: i like growing things plants you know um for food
11: ah yeah that's more difficult in sweden i can tell you
2: uh where
11: where are you in
2: in the uk uh, midlands ah nice it's fine really it's just a bit lonely i mean there are plenty of people just sometimes you wanna be with people who have similar you know, interests and wanna build a place.
6: Yeah, I know the feeling. Uh-huh. dressed to my wife as uh, she is a something that doesn't translate into English, but it's amazing how often she refers to the need for finding your own community and stuff.
2: In her work. Yeah, you can you can give to a, a lot of people, or you can. Uh, it's, it's it's sometimes it you, you want to keep going and you want to keep building things, but you see how how uh, your work kind of just evaporates or it gets cannibalised by uh, I don't know. Enough said.
6: Yeah, I have the feeling we were going to head into uh, interesting territory over a pint, perhaps. <laughs> Where not the entire world is listening to
2: it. Right. Well, I, like I've mentioned three times since last night. I I've got uh, audio in the in the directory, but it needs stitching together. And it's just you know how you. The, I guess it's going to be um, along the lines of. of uh, i would probably go by interruption by what what counts as a valid interruption to uh to the thing that you were doing already you know and, and what is that based on intention about intention it, it goes quite well with um computing you know and uh directives and all of that stuff okay
6: you going to do a show on this
2: um it we'll see what it turns into but yeah avoid sure, perfection, I'm, sir I'm, avoid I'm co- perfection Right, just so long as it's it needs to pass, you know, it needs to be gr- grammatically consistent. Um,
11: well, now you said yeah, sure. So I guess it's it's old now.
2: Like I said, there's there's audio in the directory, and um, I, I know how to use the. Uh, I know how to do it. I think I've got a friend. I, I talked to my friend Excellent. about um, you know altering the audio to to make sure it's we just put a filter on it or something. He's up for it.
6: Yeah, but don't don't uh, listen. The number of shows that I've lost due to people going, oh, I have it recorded and I just need to edit it a little bit or whatever, whack it into Audacity truncate silence and send it in, that's all you need to do, and if you don't know how to do any of that, just upload it this is what HBR is all about you get your first show in and then you can do the perfection later
2: yeah, no worries. I've been encouraged by all of the non-perfect versions, <laughs> and it's quite funny. Did you say someone used uh, their speaker as a microphone? I didn't hear that yep. episode, but I thought that's that's uh, inspired. That's hardcore, that
6: is. <laughs> well, it was an excuse for it back in the day because uh, when HPR started, you know, mobile phones didn't exist. You know, mobile phones in the current form, you know, supercomputers in our pockets didn't exist. So, like, people had. Maybe might have had a, a headset, but not a lot more. So yeah,
2: yeah, that's cool. I did the uh, I did the yogurt pots and string. I made um I made a record player out of Meccano when I was I don't know how old, I was sub nine years old. And uh yeah, I used a, I I think uh you remember the polystyrene curry pots from the chip shop and a pin, yep. and I used one of my parents uh a jukebox records and I just wound the thing by hand, but uh it, it worked.
6: Wow, awesome. was a really cool. Uh, A cool thing. I never had enough. I preferred Meccano over Lego, but uh, you could never get it. It was really expensive. And now Um, the modern version of Meccano is just all plastic and bits.
2: I nearly said that very same thing. My dad had a bunch of old, you know, there was some bits of Meccano, not enough. But compared to Lego, it was no contest, really.
6: No.
13: You just had a lot more freedom with McConnell. Um There's some of the Chinese brands that still do the like metal bits. Um, so the brand is not Meccano itself. So, I, like whenever I get a chance, I buy my son some random thing, and then eventually just like encourage him to you know just don't follow the instructions. Try and you know create yeah. something of your own, and yeah. he's come up with quite a few good things. But personally, for me, I did prefer Lego when I was small. Um, Also a bit of hacking in that, because um, we had what's called Lego Technica, but then I would take one of the gears and um, glue it onto a little DC motor, one of those 1.5 volt motors, and then start to make, you know, electric um, or reactive um, Lego things that I built. Yeah, I mean, that was one of my favorite things to do.
2: My brother had uh, technical Lego, but I remember him now walking in, and he was—he uh, had the, the mains electricity, two forty volts, plugged into a cactus. Oh, That's
6: yeah.
2: life. It was dangerous. I mean, he must have been what ten years old.
13: That actually reminds me of one of my first mishaps. Uh, so in South Africa, we've got 220 volts. And I've always wanted my own um, like bed lamp or nightlight or whatever. And my parents didn't want that. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to build my own. And I saw, like, I don't know if you guys know the bayonet-style globe. It's got the two little knobbies on the side that uh, you push in, and then you give it a twist, and then it connects yeah, to the... Those. The Sockets, yeah, it's, it's okay. not the screw-in time. So I figured, okay, no, um, go to the garage, get a, a plug, uh, get a piece of wire, and then I just wired to those two little knobs, because I thought those would be the, the connection point, and wired it up and connected it to the plug, everything sorted. It's got like a, I think, probably, what, 30-centimeter piece of wire, I was uh, (laughs) seven or eight at the time. So I plugged it in, and when I hit the. I'm only
6: laughing because uh, because you're here to tell the story.
13: Yeah, but I crapped myself. And then the lights went off, the power tripped, and I was white. I was like silent, shaking. Um, and my parents just came running into my room and there was still some smoldering bits of carpet and I was just sitting there. It's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> but yeah.
2: <laughs> Mother, and recall a story now. She said my brother did make a blue light in the, uh, in the sewing machine with a screwdriver. That's the, the same.
13: That's the same blue light that makes the magic smoke escape.
2: Very angry pixies. Oh, that's hilarious.
6: Big Clive would be proud.
2: I, I did appreciate that the HPR episode on on basic electrical safety. And I didn't, because when I go out the house in the morning uh, about four o'clock and I shut off the electricity, you know, I, I, my my switch was slightly loaded. Now, I do, do use the, uh, um, what do you call it, the, uh, not the circuit breakers, the other things, the RCDs, which are, are more, you're meant to test them once in a while, but not as often as I was doing. Um, so yeah, I do unload my switches now before I go out. it's good to, good to know
6: they're quite affordable they uh you can get them for extension I got one for about twenty three euros uh for an extension for power tools, so it's like a an outdoor weatherproof i p sixty something um, cool thing it's just a an extension cord plugs into the socket and then you plug your power tool into that and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: I meant on the, in the box in the wall, which I did fit myself, actually.
6: Yeah, true enough, true enough, yeah.
2: It's a funny story. I might relate that one time. I've been showered by um, molten droplets of copper when I moved my own uh, power supply, because it's expensive to get that stuff done. No, I mean, where the box comes For in from reason. the mains. <laughs> yeah, like 400 what is it 400 volts in your house or 1000 i can't remember but you have to <laughs> to move the meter that's what i mean that spinning wheel it used to be a spinning wheel now it's a smart meter yeah. now but um yeah i, I uh, we had a metal an, an ancient metal fuse box where honestly you pull out the fuse which is in a bakelite holder and the the bakelite cracked and snapped and left you holding left me holding the uh, the fuse holder that i took out but anyway, I was, I was I was yeah, when I was um had my insulated pliers and gloves and everything, but the um the uh the 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 end of the pliers it cut through the um insulation and touched the side of the metal box. And yeah, the end of the pliers just uh disappeared and I was showered with the molten copper from the uh, from the from the from the cable. So yeah, I nearly died there for sure. I nearly set fire to the cupboard as well. Oh, or to beat it, like, yeah. you definitely
13: oh. don't do that. Yeah, and no, I've had some similar experiences where I uh, installed, um, actually quite recently, I think it was about a year ago, I installed some extra PowerPoints in the, in the garage um, because uh, uh, every time I had to, like, walk around the corner, if I want to plug in a grinder or something like that, or use extension leads, uh, just at my workbench, I wanted uh, some PowerPoints. Installed that, and I switched off the, um, on the DB board, I switched off the power, so I thought I was safe. And uh, somewhere along the line, the neutral and live wire was swapped around, somewhere in that circuit. Um, and then I just gripped with pliers, and I because it's a solid copper strand, and I just wanted to flatten it out so that I can get it into that screw hole and tighten it down. As with full force, I gripped that wire and, man, did it bit me. It bit me solid. So, yeah. Now, be careful. I think watch Electro Boom and just learn from his mistakes.
6: Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Big Clive does this, And there's uh, another chap. One second. Oh,
2: my word. As the electrician, I am dying of laughter over here. I think that a good thing to relate to people, because a big, strong guy at work, you know. And I'm trying to tell him... It's not the. It's not that the current needs to, to to knock you over. Yeah, it just interferes with your heart. You know, it needs to be that less than sub thirty milliamps. Is it? It's like, and it starts. It, it can do damage at less than that.
6: You're interested in some yeah, of this so stuff. Yeah, so I think the You're most important.
2: Some... Uh, John Ward. Does yeah, I think the most important thing, thing is some very good stuff.
6: Yeah, John, John Ward you know the youtube, YouTube channel recommended I'm YouTube to me by
13: uh i'm gonna look out for that but i think yeah one of the most important things if you work on something that might um end up giving you a shock just keep one of your hands behind your back so that it's just one hand getting electrocuted and then you'll find it normally just goes up all the way to maybe your elbow or whatever but the moment that you get um, shocked. Between your two hands, that current is moving straight through your heart, and that's not the ideal situation.
2: For sure, you were too close. If that was your, <laughs> if that was your last resort. Uh, you but it's
7: true. Get one of those little voltage testers that uh, operates off of a counter electromagnetic force and detects the the EMF field around the wire then
2: makes a little beep, beep, beep. There's current on.
11: Yeah, I have one of those.
2: I always go in with a multimeter and test for positive and have a reference test as well, you know, so. But, yeah, for sure, if you, you can't just turn off that one circuit breaker. It's being covered in the HPR e- episode, but you don't know who's been in there before you, and you have to turn all of that power off, don't you, and then test, and then test again, really. Even then, I don't yeah, like I it think what to make make Even sure, then, I know, don't it's like it awesome too Make sure your power
7: is off is to cut the wire.
13: Yeah, I think um, what I do these days is I've got a, like a main, main switch on the outside of the house, which is a 60-amp switch, and that one disconnects both live and neutral. So once that's disconnected, then, yeah, it's basically, as uh, Cobra said, then it's like the wire is cut, and that is the safest way.
2: I guess it's so when you're in a, a UPS.
13: Uh, sorry.
7: Do you have a backup uh, uninterrupted power supply?
13: Uh, I've got one connected to my computer, one that I modified myself. So I've built a is it 37 amp hour UPS um, with an additional charger um, just to run my Mac and my screen and maybe the fan. And it's good to go for about two and a half hours.
6: I'll put some links those to those YouTube channels into unit. the Etherpad
7: with an uninterrupted power supply, you can turn your breakers off and you still have power there.
13: Um, but it doesn't feed back into the main circuit. So it runs from the main circuit. I've um, plugged it in there and then my Mac and my screen is connected to the UPS.
7: Okay, so it's a standalone device. It's not feeding back into your vinyl. Feedback into your panel, yeah,
13: yeah, I know it's standalone, but yeah, this actually reminds me of another story. So, I'm quite into electronics and things like that. So, I've built my own hi fi. Um, the preamp is a um, vacuum valve, and then the power amp is uh, solid state based on the what's it, NAP 250 design from Avondale. And, um, while I was busy building the, the, the power supply board, um Oh, yes. the, the caps were charged with about, I think, 150 volts DC. And I was testing the board and making sure that I'm safe and everything. I disconnected. Then I wanted to uh, test the channel from the other board. And not thinking about these caps, I'm sitting in like uh, small running shorts at my desk. And I placed that fully charged board with the, the pins down on my leg with uh, a swing voltage of about 150 volts, man, that left the mark.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That electrical stuff. And
13: that was DC. That that, uh, DC hurts a lot more than AC.
2: Yeah, just that current across you interfering with your nervous system to stop your heart. I mean, you get burns anyway, right? But um, heart attack's bad bad.
13: Yeah, so I think this one didn't reach my heart and couldn't, because it's basically just, uh, I placed the board on my leg, so it was localized in that area. Um, but yeah, it did give me a bit of a reminder just to think while working. And some of these uh, vacuum valves can operate up to about 400 volts, and that will just not be fun.
2: Right, I'm quite attracted by high voltage and, like, like I like to mess around. I've studied electronics before, um, and so I've looked into uh you know, inductance and for for making switch mode power supplies. I made a little switch, you know, just using a chip and I thing. Um I've I've tried I've looked at the papers I suppose, but not really. I don't understand all the maths. Um but yeah, I can see myself getting messing with that stuff again in the future.
13: I'm again the other way around. So what speaks my interest in this is something that I'm probably gonna do this year. So I wanna build my own DC arc welder. So basically take a couple of microwave um, transformers, remove the secondary coils, and then replace that with uh, like 8-gauge wire just to build like a 30, maybe a 40-volt power supply but running like 100 or more amps. Um, But yeah, I need to think about that one because uh, that sounds a little bit scary.
2: Yeah, again, batteries, when you, you, yeah, you, you know what you're doing. Enough, you know enough. I made a couple of axial flux generators, you know, for a wind turbine, uh, magnets and coils and three-phase, that kind of stuff. Um, And I I actually didn't think at all at any point during that that I could shock myself, but of course.
13: I think for me at this stage, I think the easiest for that project of mine is I've got an AC arc welder. And it will probably be based just to take that and modify it and put in some very, very large duty diodes to build a rectifier and a massive cap to try and flatten it out.
2: You know, you watch out for the aluminium coils in those uh, in those microwave ovens.
13: I didn't realize those were aluminium.
2: Some, not all, but some. It's cheaper than using copper, so yeah, there's some aluminium coils out there which would melt more. Yeah, easily. most certainly doesn't want that easily.
13: to. Yeah, you don't want that to vaporize and do that.
2: I've pulled a few of those apart. And, you know, when I was looking to build those uh, flux generators, I think I, I, I ended up buying a proper wire, magnet wire, you know, thicker, because I needed the current for that. I did consider going higher voltage, but I thought about using it for uh, attaching it to some other thing at a later date because uh, uh, its application was... a protest site actually for an open cast coal mine and if the wind wasn't blowing we could bring it down and pedal it instead um, so it went for thicker wire but yeah I found some aluminium and that's what I was a bit disappointed.
13: Uh, so with playing on the inside of microwaves have you ever um, had the thought of playing with a magnetron?
2: No I know that little beryllium that pink beryllium you don't want to be inhaling that dust and yeah of course but my brothers told me I told him, I oh, went up the top of a hill next to the big antenna pole, you know, with the big wires coming down the side that are, you think are holding it up but are actually the antenna. And he's saying, Dan, just don't stand there. And whatever you do, if you see a st- square tube, don't look down it because you will go blind. So uh, mind out for the waveguides. I don't know what you meant about magnetrons. magnetrons.
13: Yeah, it's that magnetron basically that, uh, that creates that, that whole thing. So I've had this idea, but... Um I don't think there's much uh, use for the information of experimenting with this, but um, using that with a a custom guide to interfere with um, this near-field things and RFC and things like that and just see how that works.
2: I think Basically
13: destructive.
2: Yeah, research it. Because it's good to know you might be protecting yourself from some environmental uh danger that you were already exposed to you know it's worth looking it up
13: yeah most certainly but um yeah for me it was more about um using that particular technology to remotely disable nfc and rfc and things like that
2: i'm I'm not going to ask why i mean like it's physics isn't it you find an application for the knowledge you have you get curious i get curious
13: yeah, we're all curious. This is what drives us into this hobby, um, but for me, I mostly I will go and spend money if there's a client willing to, you know, to pay for it. If you if you want to find vulnerabilities, physical or online or network or whatever, um, that's fine. But you know, this is something that I've been wondering about and how that can be exploited in different ways. But yeah, again, if if nobody's going to pay for that, then that's yeah, sort of pointless. to go down that route except curiosity
2: there's payment and there's value isn't there but it's a similar kind of thing you you, you if you need a thing then you find ways
13: I think it might make a interesting talk um, yeah in communities like this or TEDx or whatever using completely unrelated technologies to to be malicious basically
2: if it's straightforward enough for someone to 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 do in a in a short period of time, like a week of, of of playing, there are people who probably have done it in environments where they had nothing else to do because they were just in a very deprived environment and there's all this junk lying around.
13: Yeah, I know, most certainly. I mean, uh, there's a lot of curious people out there and I've done some really crazy experiments in the past.
2: Okay, so curiosity, just out of by coincidence, in the last week I've run into t- twice. Um, I think there were separate separate sources. RFC testing, not RFC. What is it when you're compliance testing? When you make a product and you need to get it tested to see that it's not interfering with other, like with airplanes or with medical equipment, and have this test suite in a special place, and you pay to have your your kit tested. You could, uh, you might learn something from if you didn't know already. You might see some tutorial about that, which might relate to waveguides relate to
13: waveguides yeah i think that that's actually quite uh, interesting i'm pretty sure there must be some papers published on that um i've briefly looked to find some which um i haven't been successful but i think yeah if i I just go and apply my mind properly then one should be able to find some white papers
2: and then that knowledge so uh, i might not have noticed half of that or rather i can listen say to electronic engineering podcast and I can understand what they're talking about, and it's odd. Occasionally, I recognize where I, I wouldn't know what they were talking about if I hadn't read that thing, if I hadn't spent half an hour going down that rabbit hole. And, and then you pick up that extra knowledge because you had something to attach it to.
13: Yeah, no, that is indeed. Um, it's always, uh, w- once you get the context, then um, yeah, everything else falls in place.
2: Right. And I don't feel so bad if I'm reading the, you know, I it, occasionally I've, I've been, my ego has tempted me to, to read about uh, particle physics, you know, and and whenever I've had a quick try at that, it just, there's nothing in my mind or my day to attach that stuff to, generally speaking. So it means nothing to me. I don't retain it. It, it was, it was useless. But it, if if I'm building around, you know, I have enough trouble trying to, when I come back to trying to Uh, supply my laptop with 20 volts at 4.5 amps you know, starting from nothing um, in the back of a van like, I think it shouldn't be this difficult but the the fact is um, things aren't straightforward and a little bit of knowledge does go a long way
13: Yeah, I I was lucky to have studied in a technical school, so I had electrical engineering from what, age 13 I actually wanted to do electronic engineering but if you want to do that um, you have to have 80% for maths at higher grade which I was just not able to do so they said well electronics is not for you but you can go electrical engineering
2: right I got um, I, I was qualified as a sysadmin for um, Solaris before Oracle got bought by um, sorry Oracle bought Solaris bought the, what did they got Sun Microsystems but I never I've never earned a penny doing that um, What's my point? Electrical engineering. Oh, I did hear another podcast. They were talking, interestingly, about um, swapping out uh, transformers, you know, on the village level, on the uh, industrial estate level with uh, is it gallium nitride switching to make it more efficient and smaller to make a power go further while we reduce uh, oil consumption, that kind of a thing. So there's a heck of a lot of money to be, to be made there. And I did consider for a minute, um, I, I'm capable of that. I know there's a risk of death, but there, there is work there.
13: Yeah, definitely. But, but it's now quite interesting how you mentioned you were involved with uh, Solaris. I was really disappointed when uh, Oracle um, stopped making uh, the free version of Solaris, which was basically a Linux um, alternative. Um, Because I think that would, uh, yeah, well, that was just simply the best Java development environment that you could ask for.
2: Yeah, I was just qualifying. uh, I I passed my uh, certificate for uh, sysadmin. There's some initials for it, I forget. They were going to give me, you know, you get to use their logo on your website and stuff. and, And pretty much as that happened... Oracle bought Sun Micros and I was into open solaris at the time like I'd just got my head around all that the fact that I could package my own uh, DVD- CDs at the time dvds uh, with all the and make it bootable you know I was stoked um, and then I thought oh like there's no way that Oracle, you know, they just, I'm not working for a bank, don't want to do it. And now the universities are going to switch over f- away from uh, Solaris to, to Linux. And yeah, OpenSolaris, I was thinking I'm going to develop this and then it just kind of felt a bit, except for a Lumos project. So Smart, SmartOS is still cool. Or it was when yeah, there were spinning, uh, spinning disks. Spinning, spinning
13: uh, Oracle now has uh, what they call Oracle Linux. I haven't tried it out yet, but I think that, Maybe an alternative um, uh, development platform, um, but yeah, I just need to take some time and test it out and see how it goes.
2: The way my head works, like I said, I've never earned money uh, with with the the sysadmin. Is is now? It's just what do you need to do in your in your day, and what's the difference between like a microcontroller when you're feeding a microcontroller or programming that, or whether you're using. You know, what level of co- who was it that you needed to talk to when you just tried to send this message in this weird code that you somebody else developed? You know, um, have you got enough food for most no, people in the world? In-
13: the other funny thing is how basically, since the beginning of Java, it's always been sitting on three billion users and it's never moved for the last decade at least. That on that little screen when you install it,
2: yeah, it's, it's surprising how how for how long that code sits there, isn't it? If it works. Yeah, no,
13: definitely. Uh But anyways, I need to drop off for a bit. I need to take my daughter to the shops. Um, so I'll be back probably about in an hour,
8: maybe two. Enjoy. Is this still going to be running in two hours?
2: I don't know. I need, to f- nobody talks.
8: I need to Kinda fix the door. It's still going now.
2: Well, good day, and I'll here maybe hear some of you on on uh hpr good day happy new year and have a good i think 50 and i talked one year for
7: two or three days on this
8: really i know he was having issues logging in so gave up so i guess he's not going to be on this year's or not 50 Net netminer 50's not with us anymore heard stories about lord d but i never talked to him
7: He's the one that got me into all this in the first place, uh, I, and I met him face-to-face at Ohio Linux Fest in 2008 or
8: nine. Mm. I got to meet 50 at Texas Linux Fest. And we met Danny Meeks. Yeah. Danny still comes by my house, so is that see I heard? It is. I got Plumble working early. Awesome. How you been, man? I was
9: listening on the live stream uh, uh, for most of the last day.
8: I had family things to do or I would have been on more. When are you going to start jumping on tilts more? I'll take that as a probably never.
7: Oh, I didn't hear a question. Oh, no, I
8: asked uh, Mordensey when he was going to start jumping on tilts more.
9: I have been working nonstop um, for the last two years in my job. It's uh, 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 really difficult to uh, hop on the stream, let alone be awake while it's running.
8: Right, okay.
9: But I try to at least listen.
8: Yeah. I usually, I, I see you quite often in the listening booth. Like I used to do the do the show from the office. What was that? I used to do the show from the office or on the drive home. I am so far behind on the uh, Linux Ludcast.
9: I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mintcast.
8: Yeah. We've had some decent shows recently. I was getting bored there for a little while. This last show was the prediction show, but the one before that was, um, we were going over Kevin Mitnick's art of invisibility. And then I think the episode before that, I went through and explained how to, uh, set up a, um, a secure VM.
7: I apologize for not being more of a talker, but my whole family's around here and they're loud.
8: Yeah, that happens.
9: It was funny hearing your daughter rant Joe about the. Uh, um, I'm not sure the, the streamers that uh, animated the other people's Twitch stream.
8: Oh, I'm not Kai. It was uh, it was Tala talking about that one. I'll have to get the raws again from uh, Honky and see if I can cut that out. I tried I to found convince enter- entertaining. Them. Yeah, I tried to convince them both to join for a little while. Hmm. But I'm the only person in the house interested in Linux technology in general, except for my son, but he's 10, so give him a little bit more time. My
7: wife's not really interested in the Linux at all, but she'll miss it when it's gone. Yeah.
8: Everyone
9: will miss it if it goes.
8: It won't. It really can't. Oh, it could from this house. All I I have to do. Oh, well, from the house, yeah. Uh, The only thing my wife would be annoyed about is that we wouldn't have the Plex anymore.
7: That would be. Have you run the Jellyfin yet?
8: I have not. I've been using Plex for a long time. And I finally,
7: a long time ago.
8: No, uh, you can get the lifetime, and like uh, once a year they'll do their uh, sale where they offer their um, the price that they first posted for Plex to get the lifetime sub- subscription for it, which is like seventy something dollars. So uh, I got that. And it's not necessarily because I use any of the uh, premium features for it. It's because, you know, I like to support the things that I use.
7: I would run Jellyfin, but it has troubles with uh, FreeBSD. Hmm. Which is what I run Plex
8: on. I don't know. When I completely upgraded my server, I started having issues playing um, MKVs, and I'm still trying to figure out why. And I'm getting occasional skipping. MKVs are the only thing that
12: work on my server. AVIs seem laggy.
8: Yeah, I think it's the AVIs that are skipping a little bit, and then the MKVs didn't want to load at all for a while. But I'll have to go back and double-check and see if that's still the case. It does have an older graphics card in it, and I do want to upgrade that eventually, so see if that helps.
9: I've had issues with uh, files that are uh, H.265.
8: Yeah, I'll have to check that.
9: I actively look for that now, and that's usually what the issue is, is that can't be played back on my uh, um, uh, from my NAS. I'm switching to a a, a little mini uh, AMD box to run Plex and just using the NAS storage.
8: Okay. Well, no, I've got a what is it a Ryzen 5 3600 and 8 terabyte drive, a four terabyte drive, and a two terabyte drive of varying ages, and um, I- I'm gonna have to do some more testing to s- see if it's like read speeds on one of the drives, or if it's just the file types, or if it's H.265 at this at this point.
7: What's your problem there, bud?
8: Um, MKVs don't want to play from Plex, and um, with some AVI files, I get skipping.
7: How large the AVI files?
8: Generally, TV show size. So. Uh, probably 720p, 30-minute videos, although we did see some skipping with um, White Christmas as well. I'll just mount the stuff.
7: Does it, does it skip on other things or just on Plex?
8: Just on Plex, because um, when we started having the problem with White Christmas, um, I um, did a fuse mount to my laptop and just used VLC to play it and it worked fine.
7: Because I always have Cody set up to play NFS and have NFS. That's my backup to Plex. My
8: per- um, you said you you were using NFS. Yes, uh, uh, NFS to Cody uh, version yeah. three. Uh, I'm not a big fan of NFS, but um, SSHFS works really well.
7: Well, the, the NAS that I have, thing that it runs, it's an NFS server. Uh, and that's okay. what serves everything. And then OD is on a separate machine and mounts everything via NFS. So all it, the, my network is saturated. It works really well
9: us. Hmm. I'm using the NFS share off my NAS also. And uh, I did the same troubleshooting as you did, Joe. And if I uh, uh, mount it from my laptop and run it in VLC, it's it's seamless.
8: Right. No, I just uh, u- I, usually, you, I don't use NFS, I, well, because I don't have uh, NAS, um, uh, <clears throat> I use SSHFS for basically everything. But with my troubleshooting,
9: that's what I identified was that it was two sixty five files that well, weren't playing it, off of the NAS.
8: It's probably the same thing then. Matter of fact, let me mount everything and see what White Christmas is. If you go to
9: it in, in Plex, I think you can uh, go to more info on the uh, movie or TV show and it'll give you that information.
7: That might, I do <laughs> manage.
8: White Christmas. It's listed as 720p. I'm not seeing H264. I do have in two places, though. Maybe I played the other one. Yeah, okay. The uh, 1080p version that I have is H.264. And you said that was what was giving you problems? Uh, no, ones that are H.265. H.265, uh, okay.
7: Do you have hardware decoding for H.265?
8: Um, I should have hardware decoding for everything. Go into my settings, general transcoder it's transcoder is set to automatic background transcoding I only transcode remote streams what's that i only direct right. play uh i don't see disable video stream transcoding disable transcoding of the video stream in transcoder operations with this set the transcoder may still transcode audio as well as rem- remux video I do have use hardware acceleration when available, and use hardware accelerated video encoding.
7: Does anyone want a screaming baby? I'll give them
1: one.
8: Um, I've already had three of those. I'm good. No thank you, um, I'm vegetarian. I'm too old for that crap. Yeah, but with MKVs I had to start setting up optimized versions. Why is that? Because they wouldn't play.
7: On devices or all
8: devices? All devices. So has anybody watched anything good lately? Mandalorian? Wonder Woman 1984? Both. What'd you think? Um, Wonder Woman was uh... 20. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mandalorian I love. Yeah, Mandalorian was great. What was that?
7: I said Wonder Woman had too many special effects.
8: Yeah, I think they were trying to chase too many storylines with it. The special effects I didn't think were bad. Except for the special effects for the sake of special effects. Let's bring in the invisible plane and fly it through fireworks. I just mean the opening scene. Ah, read any good books? Anybody read Ready Player Player Two yet? I
9: can't read physical books anymore.
8: That's what audiobooks are for.
9: That's what Vacation is for. Lots of good fiction podcasts I listen to. Uh, Scary, scary tales told in the dark and uh, SCP Archive, things like that.
8: Picked one up. Uh, Seasons in, let me see if I can find what it's called. Pincture, but I haven't started it yet. Like, three books to it so far. Picture a Weird West Trilogy. So I guess I got all three books.
7: I'm curious, why are you using Plex if you're not running a NAS for your storage? Well,
8: so that everybody else can enjoy my movie collection, too. Because I have a server with massive amounts of storage in it.
7: Oh, you Plex is that. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Well, I call it my server, but it's also my garage computer, so it is hooked up to two giant monitors. It had to be fun. No, so my server is the Ryzen 5 3600 with the B450M motherboard. Got a inside it, there is the eight, the four, and the two, and then I have um, an external enclosure that has a four and a two, but I think both of those need replaced.
7: Are you running ZFS? No, oh, that's what's happening. Certainly it's backups, you can send the internet somewhere, or a snapshot, of it's changed.
8: Yeah. The only things that are backed up, that are on the server, is um paperwork and pictures.
7: Yeah, it's important. That was Yeah. You can do a really fun thing fast the entire ZFS uh, snapshot to, like, s uh, online backups.
8: How long does it take?
7: I have really fast internet, so...
8: Okay. Well, usually with the uh, really cheap backup systems, the, the, it, it's throttled at their end. Um, I don't know about S3 specifically. How much is S3 costing for backup?
7: It's it's $5 a terabyte at Wasabi, and it's cost me $5. Hmm. But since it's not something that trust it, don't trust it.
8: Right, off-site backup. I've actually, th- I've got some friends that, live across the state, so 1,100 miles away, 1,200 miles away, and... Uh, Let's
7: put it this way, it's faster for me to upload data to Wasabi than it is for me to copy my data set over
8: US. Your- oh, I, I was planning on, uh, well, I was thinking about sending said friend a Raspberry Pi, and a couple of uh, external tribes, and using that as a backup. Either that or sending them to my dad in Florida...
7: What's priority shipping stateside these days? Say again, how much does priority shipping?
8: Cost? Um, here to Florida, it would probably depending on the side of the packet, size of the package, um, fifteen to seventeen dollars. Not bad. Box and a
7: weight limit for the box and a flat price. I
8: hmm. don't no, 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 no. Um, I can also order some of it through Amazon. Have it sent straight to his house. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Because then he'd have to hook something into something else, and that just wouldn't work. I do still have his Wi-Fi password, though, so I could set it all up and say, Hey, Dad, just plug this into the wall.
7: You you don't even need that. You just, uh, oh, well, I guess you'd need the Wi-Fi, but you can set up auto SSHFS backwards and set up a reverse tunnel.
8: Yeah, yeah, but it would need power, so that's it. And, um... For something that remote, I don't know if I would do SSHFS. Um, not for a long term backup. Uh, I'd rather do something like BT sync and then just have it read only on his side. So any changes that I make to the things that I want backed up automatically get changed.
7: You could just do it old before beating around and just run rtorrent and pass rtorrent a torrent well,
8: file. Technically, I, I, I could just, uh, you know code it all with r sync too. R clone would so would Bt sync or what, what sync I guess it's use called sync config as that one? As what?
7: As R clone style config?
8: Um I'm not sure. Um Bt sync basically I have it point to two folders, one local, one remote, and then it uses um to keep them in sync. And it's called Resilio Sync now. And then it's just a ad- admin web page to set up the new syncs. And I can't remember. I know I've used Rclone in the past, but I can't remember the setup for it.
7: Oh, I swear by Rclone. Very easy. And it runs many protocols.
8: Okay, I remember. I just looked it up. I vaguely remember setting that up when I was trying to set up um, Google Drive as a local mount. I
7: started using Rclone because it was...
8: I got annoyed um, a couple of years back because every time I found a different way to um, locally mount things like uh, Google Drive and um, what was it, Amazon Storage, Amazon Cloud, Amazon Drive. Every time I'd figure out a way to set it up, they'd uh, make a change and yeah, you can't do that anymore because you used to be able to do Amazon with a fuse mount.
7: It's just to help to facilitate their vendor lock-in policies.
8: Yeah, I think I actually did an episode of MidCast on it.
7: So if you were setting up G Drive, were you trying to use G Drive and it massive amounts of storage?
8: Um, my Google Drive at the time, I think I had 100 gig. But I, yeah, um, I was also at the time big into using um, Windows tablets as Linux tablets. And most of those, the Ace, it was at the time, it was the Asus Transformer, the T-100s. And they just plain didn't have a lot of storage in them. So I wanted to set up cloud storage as local storage and, and use it that way. Yeah. Cut that out. Sharpening your claws on my chair. And then at the same time, I also had a terabyte on Amazon when they still had those plans. And um, I think I had cloud storage with um, Asus as well. And I know for a while, because um, of getting the different uh, transformer devices, if I did the initial setup with Windows, they would give me, I think it was 100 gig of um, Dropbox space for a year as well. So I had a bunch of them. Was it 100 gig or 50 gig? Eh, it's been a while, and I haven't slept. I, I, run, I run... What storage? I run my own. Oh, yeah. Well, now, you know, hard drive space is also a whole lot cheaper. So, yeah, I have an 8-terabyte hard drive. So, yeah, I set up SSHFS on all my devices, um, including my... um, What is it? The, the tablet that I'm using, the Dell Venue...
7: I'm targeting enterprise SSD. Ah. Uh, it's not what I have, uh, but that's that's what I'm looking for now.
8: Yeah, that would be cool. High speed storage that way. No, but I got SSH set up with using if up and if down. So whenever I connect to the internet using my tablet, it will automatically connect to all the storage on my server. And then whenever my internet connection drops, it will cleanly. Close that all out so that it can reopen it when it comes back up. Dell Venue 11 Pro 7130. Running Linux Mint.
7: I, I do like the uh, free BSD and the ZFS integration.
8: Yeah, I've heard good things, and I've heard BSD can is set up to be able to run most things that run on Linux.
7: Yeah, most. It doesn't run the mono very well, which is why I'm still running Plex and not Jellyfin or MB.
8: I should try Jellyfin and see what happens.
7: Uh, right now, I got 48 terabytes of raw storage, 24 use. It, and A most lot of more that than is I in have. external enclosures.
8: Oh, most of that's in, in external enclosures?
7: Yeah, five 5 bay external enclosures uh, with external power over USB 0.0. And okay. one of them is
8: That is cool. Now, I'm thinking about getting one or two more 8 terabyte drives. And... If I get two more, then I will pull the four terabyte and the two terabyte that are currently in my server and put those into the external and transfer all the data over to the eight terabytes and get rid of the other four and two that are going bad. Pat?
7: I bought 90 two terabyte, 90 use two terabyte hard drives. For, uh, I got a pallet deal, 400 for all of them.
8: Really good. Especially if all of them, you know worked
7: four were bad right off the get-go Well, i should rephrase four failed bad blocks
8: they still mounted they were still accessible but they weren't going to last very long
7: all reasonable and ten died within.
8: uh so the did external you- enclosures aren't cheap either the any of the five bays
7: i have four of the oracle and amazon has,
9: and did you try running sin right on your uh failed disc no i took them apart and put the
8: magnets yeah, Spinrite is good for, you know, recovering data that one last time, but then I, I, I don't know if I would trust a drive that needed Spinrite run on it for anything long-term.
9: My brother swears by it. He has uh, repaired several drives for people, and they have run flawlessly for years afterwards. Cool.
7: Well, running all my data in a Z pool, even though I lost drives, I never had any downtime at all. Other than turning to...
8: My kitty is calmed down, finally. Now I have a cuddle buddy. I'm routine cabinet. I'm expecting my son to be up any minute. Hey, Mordensey, Are you on the, uh... The Mintcast Discord? Or the Telegram group?
9: Uh, no, I don't know how to use Telegram or Discord. Oh. Only because I haven't tried. Yeah. I assume that's why.
8: No, I was gonna post a picture of my cat. Deciding where to post it. Telegram it is. Imager. Anybody worked on any interesting electronics lately? I um,
9: recently got my Helios NAS. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be building that.
8: Cool. Lately, it's been PSPs for me. It's been what? PSPs, PlayStation portables. Buying them in bulk, broken, fixing them, and selling them. Well, fixing them, putting custom firmware on them, and then selling them.
7: Custom firmware must
8: um, no, no. The custom firmware is to make it so that you um, don't need the physical games in order to play, and it allows you to play a lot more retro games as long as you have the game files. So I toss about five thousand games onto a sixty-four gigabyte micro SD card, and then use a M2 adapter and basically. Neo Geo, um, N64, um, Genesis, Master System, PS1, Atari, quite a few Atari games on there, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, yeah. I have a
7: and playing regularly.
8: Yeah. PlayStation emulation has actually gotten a whole lot better in the last couple of years. There used to be, well, at least with, you know, handheld devices, there used to be a lot of issues um, with uh, any game that required more than one CD. N64 emulation still sucks.
7: It's not that bad. Not on the shield, though. Pretty, It's pretty responsive and very performant. The controllers, so though, mapping the controller to have uh, all the functionality of the N64 control is quite different.
8: How well does it um, emulate 007?
7: I don't know. I don't really play any first-person sh**.
8: Okay. Uh, just 007 is one of those ones that I've never really found a system that emulates it well.
7: I still have my original NC4. Uh, do you want me to try 007 or Perfect Dark?
8: Oh, I love Perfect Dark, too. But um, only the one with the expansion pack for the N64?
7: Yeah, I've got the expansion pack, too.
8: Okay. Um, are you going to try and run it on your shield?
7: You, that's that's what i'm asking like do you yeah you give it try a shot and run just double oh seven or try and run perfect dark
8: oh just try double oh seven
7: it won't be today okay um how do i get in touch with
8: you? uh jb at mintcast.org all right i'll drop you put that here
7: i use retro arch for setup.
8: yeah you? um i have a um, have one really old think pad set up with uh batasera and that works really well how old is your What is it? Uh, X120E? I think that's right. Yeah. I have an H. The X120E is from 2011. Painting them with copper. Cool. Uh, When I got mine, it didn't have a hard drive in it, so it has an SSD now. Mine
7: still has rust.
8: Yeah, mine's definitely not original. I kind of like buying broken things and making them work. I haven't bought headphones in bulk in a little while the last set worked out pretty good i got 10 skull candy crusher one of the, it was one of the earlier models of the crusher i got eight of them working i think i sold or gave away five of them and i guess i still have a few hash threes left that i haven't finished fixing yet but they're boring to fix because they always break in the same way the hinge breaks woo 3d prints a new hinge a little bit of cutting fits right in And I'm waiting for a new motherboard for Samsung um, Gear S3. But because of the holidays, it's taking forever to get here.
7: Is it the holidays or just the COVID?
8: No, but I'm pretty sure that it's a mixture of not COVID, but um, something a certain person did to the uh, postal service, along with it being the holidays. But it's just a test, a test motherboard for me since um, the pedometer and the heart rate monitor are not working on that motherboard. And it only costs like 15 bucks instead of the $60 that um, a working motherboard would cost me. And that'll also mean that I'll have a test motherboard for the next time I get one of the Gear S3 watches and need to figure out what's wrong with it. Or what's still working with it.
7: So, you pick a lot of you know, hardware?
8: Yeah. Hobby? It's just a hobby. I work in financial technology. For the longest time, um, I would pick up a couple of different lots of um, the HBS or the LG HBS uh, 770s or the 810s or, well, basically anything in the line. Um, I think I even have some um, 910s and a couple of 550s and just um, fix them. I mean, with those, it's almost always the same issue where the um, cord for the headphone gets crimped right where it comes out of the uh, side of the device. And all you have to do is shorten it up an inch. And then so you buy 10 of them. You get them for... $5 $5 each, and then you can turn around and sell the working ones as refurbished for 20 bucks each. Or you end up giving them away as Christmas presents. As long as my hobby pays for itself, I'm good with it.
7: Yeah, my hobby is...
8: Well, eating food kind of pays for itself. I also... Oh, cool.
7: Yeah, I do. So, having smoked jerky and what was kind of rain. Up where?
8: Kind of- I'm in. Uh, it's- we've gotten a bunch of rain this last week.
7: Yeah, that's where it's coming from. Thanks,
8: you know what? You can have it. It's all yours. Take it. I'd rather have the. Like I said, you can have it. it makes it difficult to ride your bike when it's thirty degrees. Well, thirty-eight degrees, and you know, pouring rain. But at least you know, not frozen. That's true. Just nearly frozen. I guess within what less than a hundred miles of me, there's some snow cover. I mean, it's not Canada snow cover, but I still, live right on the cover it's pretty here, actually. Uh, well, I used to live in northern Iowa. So, we used to get quite a bit of snow there, but I, I I was a lot younger and sturdier and acclimatized. Having been in Texas for the last 20 years, I have to say uh, I greatly prefer not snow.
7: I'm in Georgia. I greatly prefer
8: Where uh, we're at in Georgia. Athens. Um, I lived in uh was it Hinesville for a little while.
7: Familiar. What cities are close
8: to When would I say I lived there for a little while? I lived there for a little while when I was in second grade, third grade. Fair enough. Yeah. We lived there when we got back from Germany. Is it an airport? No. Hinesville Georgia. My dad was Army Fort Stewart. Ah, uh, yeah. Granted, I spent most of my time in Texas in El Paso, which is warmer than North Dallas. So... Yeah, the weather here kind of sucks, too. But what? Dryer. Yeah. one's the desert? Dallas. Yeah, the humidity will kill you.
7: I know. We get this exact same humidity up here because we're right on the... We get it with the cold, too, and it's just as bad.
8: Ugh, that does sound like it would suck. No, tell me, um, the humidity when it's cold, does it still make you sweat?
7: No, it it just makes you...
8: Because uh, the water still clings to you, and yeah... Acts like sweat.
7: Right, it has no operation. It condenses different. No, I'm good. You usually, notice at first. Um, it's not I, your feet sweating
8: sensation. I did spend some time in a little, not so little place called Doha, and um, basically, I, I, I lived in a tent, and we were right next to the ocean, and we're like, I'm, I mean, I literally, I literally could have grown, grown. A rock. A rock. Is that Morton? Is that Morton? Something, something happened to your audio. Something happened to your. To talk Okay, well, I I could have thrown a rock into the sea, and um, 140 degrees, and that close to the ocean, it's not really a good mixture.
7: The ocean here is a tide huge. The water's a slack tide uh, on either side of the high and the low tide. When it mm-hmm. burns, it's more like an hour by slack tide, the water doesn't really move, and all the rest of. The- hmm. Yeah, and i'm talking like 30 yeah
8: that the i think that would suck his highest it might make fishing easier
7: not really the not really bottom. oh
8: it's like lobster does it make lobstering easier
7: does it make what easier
8: does it make catching lobster easier
7: i don't know any other way so I know are you talking like
8: industrial um lobster fishing or individual lobster fishing Ah, uh, okay I did not know that. So you can't go out and catch your dinner? Canada,
7: that is highly illegal. Okay,
8: so you can go out and catch your dinner. You just prefer not to get caught doing it.
7: Yeah, something like that.
8: Is there a particular reason it's illegal?
7: Be like the outest attacks.
8: Okay. Canada likes to tax everything. Well, it's not illegal to smoke a deer out of season. It's just illegal to, you know, get caught hunting one.
7: ...that had a balance. Well,
8: what if a deer... Steps in front of your car, it's not your, d- and it's just supposed to rot on the side of the road. Yes, okay. I'm just checking. What if a deer fell into my, my smoker? that be What if a deer jumped out of its skin and jumped into my uh smoker?
9: That'd be a neat trick, and I'd <laughs> want to see it. I've switched over to Mumla.
8: Mumla, I like Mumla. Uh, it, it's now my go to on Android devices.
9: It is or is not?
8: It is my go to. I do still have Plumble installed. But when I'm on Android anymore, I'm using Mumla.
9: That's when my push-to-talk switched over to uh, I needed to set it back up again.
8: Uh, No, I understand, you know, poaching, hunting out of season. It's illegal for a reason. But there was a time when I was a kid when, you know, my family didn't have any money. And sometimes it was the only way to eat.
7: Problem's the trophy. Hmm? The problem is the
8: trophy. Yeah. hunt and don't eat you mean those um I, I can't say the word on here people that um uh, bag a deer and all they take is the head and leave the rest there that's a potion that's trophy hunting now that far north do you guys um do you get pheasant and quail
7: there's a lot of pheasant i haven't seen any quail
8: okay pheasant's good eating anyway we get partridge partridge i don't think i've done partridge it's like
7: a big pheasant. <laughs>